3: Come,
0: come, come. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics podcast. It is Wednesday, September seventh, two thousand and twenty-two, and you're listening to episode number five hundred and sixty-three. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Mr. Bob Ryer.
4: Oh, you're so suave tonight, Steve. Uh, Quick congratulations to Kristen Godzynak for being trivia champion last week, and also I hope she feels better because you gave her an internet virus. Just so saying. no yes did she get sick she's got the covid oh. no yes she's uh, feeling okay but she, yeah you horrible. gave it to her across the internet
0: i'll tell you how i got it <laughs> uh in just a little bit okay. but uh erin amos is also here
5: this whole conversation is making me uncomfortable
0: <laughs> Just breathe into the microphone and let it filter in that would be terrible uh i I do believe that John Burkle is also here this
2: what? week.
1: I am back for the week, and i apparently I need my bio suit so um let me,
0: <laughs> uh and Chris Carey is also here.
3: Hi, don't get me sick. I gotta be best man at Damien and John's wedding soon, so
4: <laughs> yes, you got plenty of time oh then. it's. It started already. Uh, so, <laughs> so if you if you
0: look at the diagram of what happened to Bronwyn and I, you can uh, trace it all the way back to Mr. Harry Styles, who has been- <laughs> Okay, I'm
3: In- sorry. i got to Did he spit There's on you on- like he did uh, Chris Pine?
0: <laughs> That's right. Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs>
3: That's
0: right, right into my mouth. Oh, no. um, Hot. So- If my voice cuts out a little bit this week, if, uh, man, I feel like I have to cough right now. This sucks. Um, I'll be muting myself a lot this episode. Um, Yeah, Bronwyn and I came down with, in my opinion, was definitely the worst case of COVID that I've had so far. I think this was my third round. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, because we got it so so early um, back in March of 2020, when all the stuff started to kick up, so tests were inconclusive. You weren't really like they didn't have anything set up, but That's I was. Right. You so had like sick.
4: four inconclusive tests on that first one, right? It, it was just over and over and over again. Yeah.
0: Well, the last time that I got it, my friggin' I went into atrial fibrillation. They had to restart my heart twice with paddles, like. I had to – they had to give me medication to bring my heart rate down because it was so astronomical. And then I went back the following morning and they had to paddle me twice uh, Mm. to get everything back in rhythm. Um, And I've been on medication for that ever since. And so I have been very careful. Like I have gone to some concerts and I, I definitely have been out and about, but I'm masked when I go out. And I try to, you know, not that that's going to save you from everything, but it's an added layer of protection. And yeah. it's, you know, it's a good idea, especially when you're in crowds. Um, but Bronwyn's boss brought her daughter to the Harry Styles concert that happened in mm-hmm. Toronto. Ooh. And that's where she picked it up. And then Bronwyn, who had had pneumonia for like two months, whole summer gone, yeah. uh, and she goes back to work for two whole days to try and get back in the swing and ends up contracting COVID and then bringing it back here to me. I was I had symptoms, but I wasn't testing positive, and I kept testing every day. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then one day I woke up like four or five days into starting to feel like crap, and that test that I took that morning just lit up like a Christmas tree. Like It didn't take – any time for that thing to activate, it was just like blah, you've got COVID. So, um,
4: it's a shame I got, it's a gift you can't return to Harry Styles,
0: yeah. <laughs> the thing, um, I got messed up though. I uh, I'd never had like the respiratory, um, I mean, obviously, I had the heart problem, but like I didn't have the shortness of breath, the can't go upstairs, uh, in the previous times that I'd had this. This time though. I could, I couldn't talk, I couldn't move. Uh, I got crazy laryngitis, which I'm still getting over, and I was, I was a wreck. I had crazy, crazy fevers, and like every time that I would think the fever had broken, it would just rocket right back up that night, and like sleepless nights, can't do anything couldn't read any comics tried to sit down and read i'm like oh man this is great i have like a week off of work i'm gonna read all the comics and get back to the show and put on this big showcase i opened up my ipad and the white comics were just melting and i was like okay never mind so uh i watched a ton of tv and a ton of movies and uh, i'll be going down a long list of everything that i watched a little bit later in the show um, but it's been hell and, and I'm, I'm glad to be back. I, I missed everybody. And, um, uh, I want to thank everybody for all the, all the well wishes people were, were tweeting us after Joey had asked people to, um, it was very sweet and very nice. And, uh, Joey was great. You were all were great. and uh, Kristen was great. And, um, but here I am, here we are. And we made it back. Yay. yay. Uh, We've got a pretty big show this week. We have a ton of depressing news to go over. Yes. uh, Which we're probably going to start with um, because Mr. Aaron has got to bounce a little bit later. So we're going to rearrange stuff a little bit this week and cover the news first. And then we'll do the lightning rounds. We'll maybe have Aaron go first and then he can decide whether or not he wants to take his leave of us. But um, I'm looking at this list. There are tons of comics on this list. And like I said, lots of movies and TV. Um, I'll do try to try to do quick hits for a lot of them. But I think some of them are worth talking about. Hmm. So, do
4: we get to do thumbs up and thumbs down? Do we all get to vote or no? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. We could do that.
0: Um, and there's a lot of crossover for people that have seen stuff too. So um, it's cool. All right. Uh, let's get into... The
4: news.
0: So coming out of Popverse, um, we all knew this was going to happen. Uh, DC Fandom 2022 is not happening.
3: Mm. Shocking. Imagine that. Yeah.
0: Um, So this is unfortunate, uh, I think, because I'll be honest with you. I didn't think much of DC Fandom when they first announced it. Uh, I kind of poo-pooed the whole thing and I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. This is just another day I'm going to have to work on my day off. This sucks. And then that first year specifically, they came out swinging and that thing was well organized and it was fun. uh, And it really like it showcased a lot of the diversity over at D.C. uh, And it got me genuinely excited for a lot of things. (laughs) What? Diversity? Diversity? Wow. Well, back, I'm talking oh, about a couple of yeah. years ago. I know
5: that's why it's funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, we'll get to another story yeah. where uh, they talk about how they're they're slashing and burning a lot of stuff
2: mm-hmm.
0: over at uh, Water Brothers Discovery. But I like I I like DC Vendome, and I think it I think it sucks and is very telling that mm-hmm. there is no there's nothing to talk about. There is nothing to show. Uh, everything that maybe would have been a part of this thing this year has either been scrapped or is just nowhere in its production do they have materials that are ready for when the show is supposed to come around annually. Yeah. Um,
3: I think they were worried that DC Fandom would be more drama than the Don't Worry Darling premiere has been.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. oh can, my you, God. can
1: you summarize that for me
3: quickly? Yes. I can, oh, but it's going to, oh my God, prepare yourself. Can it's going to sound like
1: Mark Twain Pine to me.
3: I can, I can in so much detail, but I will try to be brief. Okay. The short version as the internet has been able to determine it. So <laughs> take of this, make of it what you will. What we all believe to be true is that originally this movie had Shia LaBeouf starring with Florence Pugh, but then yeah. he was fired because of the abuse stuff. And she then hired Harry Styles who the rumor is she cheated on her husband with and then paid him more than Florence Pugh even though he's not a real actor and apparently after this week we learned doesn't know what a movie is. I'll get to that later. <laughs> Harry Styles, to be clear, but it was a shitty thing to do. This
0: is the guy that gave me COVID.
3: He's the guy that gave you COVID. He's at the center of this, Steve. (laughs) Um, Harry Styles, damn it. I mean, six degrees
1: of Harry Styles.
3: It's wild. And uh, so. Olivia Wilde apparently, like, supposedly was making this really feminist movie, but then she's done all of her promoting of it by talking about Harry Styles going down on Florence Pugh. And Florence Pugh is mad about that and didn't like that that was her focus and also is mad that she's getting paid less than Harry Styles and her. now is – right, is not talking to the director and co-star of the movie.
1: Yes. <laughs> didn't she also so, – didn't she also back Shia Lebeau, Lebeau? Uh
3: Olivia Wilde has been – I almost said has been wilding out. Um, (laughs) It's unclear. Publicly, she didn't, but apparently privately, she begged him to come back. So that's the rumor anyway. Again, this is all fan rumor. Who knows how much of this is legit? Um, But, oh God, I've even lost the thread a little bit. So what happened here? (laughs) was that Florence Pugh is not talking to anybody. Every time a trailer would drop for Don't Worry Darling, she would post a trailer for a movie she's not in, which was really funny (laughs) and petty. Uh, And then she said she was not coming to the premiere, which she didn't do and they all had this rumor like, oh no, she's just filming something. It's not because she doesn't want to talk to us. But then she arrived and proceeded to stand on the other side of Chris Pine because he was forced to stand between her and Olivia Wilde the entire night. And then at some (laughs) point, it Really looked like, and there's a video of this. Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine.
0: This I've seen.
3: <laughs> Probably that's not really what happened, but it sure yo, looks like yo, that's what if, happened.
0: <laughs> if Chris Pine comes down with COVID,
3: well, no, well, we'll no, for we'll no, for real. <laughs> so, so the the thing that has happened is that everyone looks totally unhinged, except for Chris Pine and Gemma Chan, who look like the like the the middle child in a fighting sibling, like situation that's just oh trying so hard to be professionals and every interview that uh harry styles has done he sounds like he is high as fuck it's <laughs> so funny you've got to go listen to them he tries to describe <laughs> what a movie is at one point and if you've seen that meme going around of chris pine's face looking like horribly confused and out of it and angry it's from harry potter harry styles describing what a movie is <laughs>
0: I think I've seen video of Chris Pine just kind of, like, disconnecting and Yeah, rebooting. he's just
3: dissociating, just he's in a different world, and it's because Harry Styles said, it's like a real movie, you know, like a movie you go to theaters for, like a theater movie, a movie you see in theaters. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yes, wow. Harry. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's not a yeah, Thanks, Harry. I want some of what Harry's got.
3: I know. Yeah, what he's having. And yeah. as far as I can tell, that is the drama with "Don't Worry, Darling."
0: Man, you know, imagine being DC and being like, "What are we going to do?" And then money person goes, "Well, we only have enough money to market two movies this year. <laughs> so, what have we got? And what do we want to choose?" And somebody in that room was like oh, well, we got to do, don't worry, darling, because that's just going to be the talk of the town. <laughs> Did not anticipate. It is, it is the talk of the town, just not the way yeah. they anticipated. It, it is, but, like, I genuinely wanted to see that movie. I know, it
3: actually looked quite good.
0: It does look good. It looks very good. And I I, I will. I still want to check it out. I'm, yeah. I'm probably not going to see it in theaters because I don't see anything yeah. in theaters. That isn't a comic book movie these days. But, like, I genuinely do want to see it and i think it's a shame that there's so much crap swirling around this movie like they can't warner brothers discovery cannot win
2: they can't (laughs) win. like
0: something's going to come out about the rock right before black adam (laughs) arrives and they're just going to throw their hands up in the air and be like that's it
2: (laughs) a lot of stuff going on with vince
4: mcmahon at wrestling so you never know the rock not as nice as he appears oh (laughs) no Ugh. Oh, um, um, yeah. anyway. I'm all, in, I'm all in for Florence Pugh, whatever she, yes. she does. That's, and that's this, has made me,
3: this has made me love uh, Chris Pine even more. He yeah. continues to come out of this stuff looking clean, and I love it. Good for him.
4: So they should make their own movie together. Go off and
0: make a the movie should. together.
3: She yeah. can be
1: in Star Trek Four.
3: Come on. Yes! Go. Do yes. it. Do it.
0: As a man who clearly appreciates shoes with no socks.
3: Yeah. Chris Pine
0: is is possibly the best Chris.
3: I love Chris his Pines, new look. Chris Pine said, I love the cottagecore lesbian aesthetic and I'm going to have it from now on. And he's great at it.
1: So we've well, been walking around with the feminine mystique and just kind of <laughs> chilling. It's yeah. like Chris Pine has found himself Chris, Chris
3: Pine is, is every he's perfect and I love mm. him. Yeah. He's all everything right. we needed.
1: This is all to say that DC <laughs> fan <laughs> not twenty like twenty two. Yeah. It's not
3: happening. <laughs> so
1: relevant. <laughs> We're doing uh, everything in our power not to talk about DC
2: know. No, no.
1: We got yeah. we got
0: plenty of DC talk, but I want to know is Aaron, I want to know if you're going to miss DC fandom. What do you think about this thing?
5: I'm fine with it to be honest with you. I, <laughs> I don't think anyone, I'll be 100% honest. I don't think after the crap storm that we've seen these last couple of I don't know, it seems like Eon's with whole Warner Brothers I could be, I'll be honest I, I wasn't too excited about anything it would have to say anyway So I'm, I'm fine with it going away mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know just yeah. <laughs> Get your act together Do whatever it is you're going to do And let us decide whether or not we care And then you know let us <laughs> all move on Do and you think it's going to come likely, back? Um, I doubt it To be honest with you um, Really? Well I'll tell you what Okay here's what I'm going to say If it comes back it's going to be a very pale event uh, I'll just mm. say that you're, you're not going to see the things that you all that you described when you first started talking about it. You're going to see a very Superman, Batman heavy uh, scenario that really doesn't take aim at discussing anything diverse or, or talking about the growth of the organization. It's going to be status quo and what makes us money. They're going to yeah. cut down a lot of things similar to what they said about, you know, the whole Warner Brothers thing said about uh HBO Max. We're not focused on quantity. We're focused on quality, and we're going to remove things, and we're going to do this and do that. And also, I don't think they're going to open themselves, to be very honest. I don't think they're ingratiating themselves to the the creative community, which is another thing. I I suspect they probably felt like we won't get enough people or a whole lot of people who are going to agree to do this. Um, And then I don't think that they are really going to open themselves up to the type of criticism that they know they get when they come back and they're only pushing those i don't want to say top tier but those things that you know are going to be aimed at the dude bros as you would say um and mm-hmm. not and not going further in that path of trying to figure out how to make it a more diverse a more diverse organization a more diverse offering to the media um you know diversity across the board so i think it's just a a series of steps back and I'm perfectly fine with not having to stomach whatever drivel they were planning on coming up with.
0: Can I just say that I really appreciate some people on the show giving me credit for the word dude bros. <laughs> in, the, in the two episodes that I wasn't here, there were two separate <laughs> occasions where I was credited with bringing dude bros to the show. And I was like, you know what?
2: I, I, I haven't <laughs> wanted anything legacy. in, a, in yeah. a real
0: long time. I'm going to take this. <laughs> this is mine now. <laughs> um i think you bring up a lot of good points man i and i i i agree with you that i don't think that if and when this comes back that it's going to be the same show this feels like something that would almost be built for investors at that point because they just they've got something to prove to them um at that point um bob what do you what do you think about fandom going away
4: I, as you said earlier, I, something I wasn't enthusiastic about to start with, but they did a nice job. Yeah. you also had a lot of interesting product and television shows and some interesting books. And I don't know, maybe it'll be the Ezra Miller dome. I don't know. <laughs> God. <laughs> We're going to need a lot of room to cover all the stuff that goes on. But yeah, I, just honestly, make sure. It, go it, ahead. No, I was just going to say, it, it's just what Aaron is saying. What, what product can they put out there? what questions can they possibly answer in any sort of positive way at this point?
0: Yeah. And I also think what, what Aaron said about um, not being able to get the creator support, because I think a lot of people are feeling pretty crappy about the way that DC or Warner brothers discovery is being run by the new guard. And, you know, a lot of people were fired. um, They're, changing the skin color of the company practically with a lot of the moves that they're making.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, the, the Dan Lin stuff we'll talk about in a little bit, but, um, yeah, I don't know where Saslav is going with the direction of this company, but nothing about it has been good. Nothing about it has instilled confidence so that when this fandom news dropped, I was like, well, of course they're not doing it. Um, Chris, where are you at with fandom? Did you ever watch it?
3: (sighs) No, I didn't watch it. I I rarely watch anything like that. I honestly (laughs) lived off your snaps updating me about what was happening for the last one. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it it is sad only because of what it represents. I feel like, you know, I'm a DC Comics main, you know, not as much of Marvel. And it's just sad to be that right now. I'm going to have to jump ship probably.
0: (laughs) Get uh get aboard the the good ship mm-hmm. webtoon. And,
3: yeah. Uh, yeah, don't
0: worry about all this other drama.
3: Exactly. We're going to slowly become the X-Men outsiders. Just watch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh John, are you a fan of the fandom?
1: I think I watched the first one. It was very and it felt very pandemic-y. Like this was something that was catered to the internet, to the fans, and it was in very much filled a void we all needed at that time. Yeah. I don't think I watched last year's in this year, like everybody says, I don't, I don't think that they know they don't know their direction. So how are they going to hold an event where they talk about their direction? And with the way they're they are cutting films and they are moving films and by moving films, you can't see me, but I'm using quotes, which means I think that <laughs> they're going to die. Um, like I will be shocked if we see some of these things. So I think it's probably for the best until they figure out what they want to do. I would like to see something from the publishing line because there are some interesting books on the horizon, but you can't do something like this just for the comics. No.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, fandom year one and two were very different. Mm -hmm. Um, Something happened to the scheduling uh, that second year where they broke a lot of the show up. And even though I think they got some criticism from the first year of it just being this onslaught of one presentation Mm -hmm. after the other, after the other, it was, very time consuming and kind of exhausting for a lot of people. But like, thankfully I found little gaps in um, the programming where I was able to like go grab a drink or a sandwich or whatever and come back um, and then catch the tail end of that thing and discovering that it was actually pretty cool. But um, yeah, there's just, there's nothing, there's nothing to talk about beyond Shazam and black Adam. And I just don't know how excited people are for those movies.
3: I am excited I'm for Shazam. Care. I know I you f- are. I love Shazam. I love him. Mm. <sighs> I forget who black Adam is like every five seconds though. So I get that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's um, let's, let's move it along here for some of these other stories. Um, there was a big story in variety, basically about the state of uh, DC and trying to, like, what is their strategy when they're looking for a Kevin Feige-like figure, head honcho, to reboot the universe with this 10-year plan that's very akin to Marvel's MCU, um, just totally aping off of them and, and not being shy about it, um, which I guess good on them to a point, um, at least for coming clean about their, their intentions. But in this article, there's a quote here that uh, Joey had pulled and sent to the, to the uh, group chat. It says privately, studio insiders have lamented that Zack Snyder's Justice League never should have happened. Rather than quiet the unceasing online campaigning uh, to release the Snyder Cut, the four hour HBO Max feature only further entrenched the vocal and extremely online Snyderverse fan base. In opposition to the leadership at the studio in general and at DC in particular, mm-hmm. can anybody give me an I told you so? <laughs> um, I mean, duh, right? Like, to, to an extent that yeah. it was v- a very. Mm.
1: Um, who else has I an opinion mean, about this? I, I think you can't I, move on and then go backwards. And that's what they did.
2: Yeah, but even
4: with the publishing side, yeah. I think that they, they they tried with the DCU, the 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 younger books, where they we did Gotham Academy and the Batgirl mm-hmm. Burnside, and they yeah. were trying to do some lighter tone things, and mm-hmm. then went right back, canceled all this stuff, went right back to darker, gritty, muscular, teeth gritting comics, lots of them. Mm-hmm. yeah lots mm-hmm. of death and destruction battling and stuff, and that's that's the vibe and sadly, when they they do break through, they don't learn the lesson of Shazam Aquaman, Wonder Woman,
3: and yeah,
4: well, here are things that everyone can like, and not just our dude bros, thank you, Steve <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. we can do something a little different in tone yeah. that may make a difference. In our publishing and movies and television, everything else. Why can't there be more things like Shazam or Star Girl, for that matter?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: they they never let anything play out. They exactly, just, they always revert back to their core idea, and it and they'll if they they'll never take a risk. You know, Marvel right. Marvel is full of risks, and some of them landed, and some of them mm-hmm. are 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 niche. Like some people like them, but not everybody likes them, but. DC as soon as they get one iota that this isn't gonna work, they scrap everything and the only reason mm-hmm. they went back to the t- the Snyder is because they felt that there was an online call for it and maybe they could reboot that but then we found out most of the people online weren't real people they for <laughs> it right then and, and they just they can't get out of their way they have leadership that is just so 1980s mindset of what movies are supposed to be and who is supposed to be the star and not mm-hmm. the star and they won't take a risk. I I I will be shocked if Aquaman and Shazam actually make it to theaters. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to I think they're going to slash and burn the whole thing. They're going to try and hire somebody to be the new creative director and you are going to try and whitewash everything back to Superman, Man of Steel, and you are going to do a lot of Jesus Christ poses with Superman, oh, and, you're going to and then you are going to, you know, you are going to get some haggard older Batman, and you are just going to do what you already oh, did, and 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 that just frustrates me. And I have, I will go to these movies. I will be I, if it's good, I will applaud it, but I really have no interest in Zaslav and what yeah. they're going to do with DC right now because they don't know.
3: I feel mm. like he just wants to make movies that are movies, you know? The kind you go see in a theater. That's yeah, what I those, feel like are
4: my, those are yeah. my favorite kind of movies. Mr. Styles.
3: <laughs> just, you know, the kind you see on the screen.
0: <laughs> Look, if you're not going to share your stash, you can't go around <laughs> talking about movies on our show. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, listen, I think – Instead of going around the table for every one of these stories, because yeah. we got a lot of stuff to get to, um, just feel free to hop in uh, mm-hmm. on the conversation while we're talking about it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call everybody out uh, every story, um, but we'll we'll move on to the next DC uh, hit because they keep coming.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so today they announced that uh, their search for for a DC chief, like I said, a, a Kevin Feige like figure, they thought they found somebody in producer Dan Lynn, uh, but it appears that Lynn is no longer uh, in contention for the role. And it has something to do with ride back, um, ride back rise studios, which is um, Lynn's production company and a nonprofit that he's involved in. And so, <laughs> they're saying that it gets dicey when it comes to salary because of the other business ventures that he's involved in. And
3: Mm -hmm. how many cult leaders are they still paying?
2: (laughs) Just
1: more than one paycheck.
3: Yeah, I,
0: I don't know. I honestly don't know what to think of this. I know what I want to think of this and I know what I want to say, but I don't know that I want to say it on the show.
3: Sounds like (laughs) bullshit to me.
1: Could it be who he is and what he uh-huh. looks like in a mirror? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I, th- I it feel be, like
3: uh, a little racism.
1: I, I feel yeah. like David Zaslav
0: woke up one morning and realized that Dan Lin wasn't white, and he was like, "Oh shit! <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> what have you got? What have you got for me? Like, how can we get out of this?" And they're like, "Oh, what about his studio? Like, oh, that's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Give me a um, right. Yeah, no. This is unfortunate. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that can fill this role." And if it legitimately didn't work out, because sometimes these things just don't work out and it is just yeah. what they say it is. But um, I'll be very curious to see the next article of like, DC has found their new chief. And, uh, and it ends up being whoever it's going be. I'll, to I'll be. I'll be watching for that. Mm-hmm. Grant Morrison. Oof.
3: No
1: way. Uh, It'll be someone who looks Todd like Phillips. Grant Morrison.
4: I'll bet you on that.
1: It's going to be Todd Phillips. They'll throw a buttload oh, of money God. at him. I don't now, know. that's
3: a man that makes movies that are movies. You know what I'm saying?
1: They <laughs> um, actually like clicker and they go onto the big screen and it's they like do. a projector <laughs> in the back and people eat their popcorn in these raised seats so nobody yeah. looks right into somebody's head.
3: That's what he's doing. He's really doing it, you know? He's one of those guys that really is doing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so this Thank is- Thank you,
3: John. <laughs> I missed you, Chris. I miss yes. you too. Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: Um, like I said, this is unfortunate. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out. I wonder, I would love to know who else is on that short list. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to see that Google document Mm
4: -hmm. of. I have a, I have a suggestion. Patty Jenkins. Hmm.
3: That'd be good. They would never. Uh, I know that. The dude bros would never allow. (laughs)
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, man, I was going to say something else and I can't remember what the hell it was. Um, I don't know. We can move on. It'll come to me. Oh, no, I remember. Um, it. I didn't put the story in the in the outline, but um, Zaslav came forward and said that they are no. going to be moving forward with um, Matt Reeves as the Batman sequel. Yes. And that they're like anything that he wants to do. They're open to it. Like that, he has basically a blank check to do what he wants either with the Batman universe or otherwise for them. I think they're definitely trying to make him like their next Nolan uh, and and set him up with a real cushy like first look type of thing. Um, That's the stuff that got him
4: in trouble the last time you hire auteurs, you get their pictures and not a a unified Mm -hmm. product that hangs together.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We shall see. <sighs> oh, yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next story, which is uh, actually something something positive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Gender Queer, the banned graphic novel. The ban has been dismissed as unconstitutional Ooh. in Woo! Virginia. Eat that.
2: Suck
1: it, haters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First Amendment applies to everybody.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, Sorry. for real.
1: It's true. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. uh, those amendments, they just aren't subjective to uh conservative mm-hmm. white men.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Weird how that is. Well,
5: <laughs> well that's gonna change everything.
3: Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so this all happened because Virginia state delegate Tim Anderson uh and his client Tommy Altman filed a pair of lawsuits against mm. The author and Oni Lion Forge as well as Barnes & Noble for selling genderqueer to minors uh, Mm -hmm. using a new law, a new Virginia law that became effective on January 1st, 2022. Man, talk about like just having that in your pocket, waiting to let it go. Mm. What a dick. Yep. Yep. Um, And the book was deemed obscene. Like, huh. f- oh man, this, I, this kind of stuff just pisses me off. Cause it's just, who, who are you? Like, who are, who are you to decide this for everyone else that might benefit from this book?
1: Mm-hmm. Don't you have, I,
0: like, oh, go ahead.
1: Mm. No, I'm just going to say, everybody who wants to do all this based on pornography or indecency, mm-hmm. they haven't read the Bible. Cause when you get boy. into the old testament, oh, the Bible. <laughs> All you, ca- have da- you have <laughs> daughters seducing their fathers. Yep. Uh-huh. You have all sorts of kink and just yeah. craziness. And that is the mm-hmm. truth. So I'm sorry. I'm just This pisses me off because I teach the Bill yeah. of Rights and the First Amendment and all this. And nobody's asking you to read it. But somebody yeah. might. And that's the entire definition of freedom of speech according mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court of the United States.
3: Mm-hmm. And I, I will say this is one win, but this is a huge battle that's happening right now. There's a lot of queer books that are being banned mm-hmm. from schools that are trying to get taken out of libraries. So a big thing you can do right now to help uh, is to follow a lot of librarians and the work that they're doing to keep this, these books accessible and free for young people um and if you really want to know a lot about that there was the last week's episode of reading glasses they interviewed a librarian who is doing advocacy in this area and can talk talks a lot about like how you can get involved in helping prevent these books from being banned awesome
0: yeah that's awesome <sighs> well all right there is a, there obviously there's a silver lining to this story because in this case
3: yeah
0: the book was unbanned which yeah. is uh quite nice
3: It's rare, and that's awesome.
0: Yes. Um, Back to Negative Town. Good Lord. Here we go. Um, I only read this one quickly, so maybe you all can uh, fill me in here. But Black Panther 2's, this is coming from CBR, Black Panther Mm -hmm. 2's Namor actor body shamed by Marvel artist. Is this a real headline? Yes. Mike, Mike,
4: Mike Diodato tweeted a picture of himself How is it that the 60-year-old artist who used to draw this looks
1: better than the guy playing the superhero?
3: Oh, boy.
1: Because if you live on the bottom of the ocean and it's really (laughs) cold, you're probably going to carry a little bit of body weight like normal human beings. Who haven't emaciated themselves to take an Instagram photo to make themselves (laughs) feel better about themselves at 60 rather than fat shaming somebody who's not even fat, Mike
5: yeah thank yeah. you i'm sorry first of all mike diodato's back looks like my oldest pair of shoes I don't
3: right? know, what, <laughs> what the fuck is happening uh, what,
5: what is, what is happening? going on in that picture but i'm not going to body shame him i'm just going to point out that you can't why are you comparing yourself to a fictional character? why are you comparing yourself to anyone why is this news why would you even say it this mm-hmm. makes no sense and then your BS apology. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I
0: would love to read this, if mm-hmm. if I may.
5: Sure. Oh, so, yes.
0: Okay, because this is this is by far and away <laughs> one of the shittiest apologies <laughs> I've ever seen.
3: And that's impressive. There's yeah, it
0: really happens. is. And this, yes. All right. So Mike Diodato Jr., this is his response. I recently made a joke about the appearance of a comic book character on screen that got out of hand because of internet haters. That's right. That's right. That's what it was for. (laughs) So let me clarify. I was mocking the comic book character because that's just so much better, Mike. Not the actor. It could be CGI, a Muppet or a robot there. I was targeting targeting a fictional character, misspelled, uh, Hmm. in a movie, not a person in real life. I had no idea who the actor, uh, nor uh, who, oh, God. I had no idea who was the actor nor his ethnicity, Mm -hmm. proofread buddy. Uh, You can tell this
3: is an artist, not a writer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't change a thing for me, even if he was from Brazil like myself. So the accusations of me being racist are just dumb. It was not my intention to hurt anyone's feelings, especially the actor in question. Couldn't even bother to learn his name. Who, I am sure will do a great job with the character. Back to the drawing board. With pants this time. No one How, cute. So,
3: How he sure, cute. He sure here's did show thing. his ass and I don't mean the photo.
5: So here's <laughs> the thing. What is most disturbing about that apology mm-hmm. is that he didn't understand that race wasn't even the only horrible mm-hmm. thing
2: yeah.
5: he said. That he that in get in, in involved in that statement. Yeah. That even if you remove race from the scenario, it's still a pretty crappy statement to make that yes. you probably Make it with your friends, make it if you're in, you know, if you're all just sitting around having beers, but you put it in a medium that you knew people could access and you know the society that we're in. So I no longer claim, you know, or accept this crap about people Mm -hmm. misinterpreted. You put it out there for people to interpret however they want. So accept that people realize you're an idiot Mm -hmm. and just move on. Don't respond. Just take your lumps Mm-hmm. And let people and let people decide for themselves who you are, yeah. because you're giving them all the fix, you give, you're giving them all the all the, all the information they need. And you know what? I always say it. It's just like my Angela said: when people tell you who they are, believe them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Period. Yep. <sighs> 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 <sighs>
5: mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I had to mute to myself.
0: You,
1: right? I went into a coughing fit. Mm. Do the next positive stories? Yeah, let's yeah. let's move on.
3: Mm-hmm. We're all in such oh, a great mood. Oh, yes,
0: yeah. oh, here's a here's a headline <sighs> for you. Get the only un- <laughs> DC. Com- this is coming from NPR. DC Comics reduces Latinos to their food and Hispanic Heritage <laughs> Month covers.
5: Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. <sighs> when I saw this and posted it to the chat, I was legitimately <laughs> like, "Is this an onion article?" What, is, oh god, what right? That? This feels I mean, this, like this that. This can't be real. Then I saw NPR. I'm like, no, please oh,
2: tell
0: me this isn't true. You know what and this me. reminds me of? It reminds me of that uh Miles Morales, what if Thor?
2: Oh my uh, god, comic yes. oh, that you yeah. talked about yes,
0: yes, oh
3: yeah, really
0: right? Does. Like somebody just being like, oh man, you remember when I really screwed that up? What if we did it again,
3: man? <laughs> what if we lead it the whole
0: month?
4: Yeah.
3: yeah, oh gosh, oh boy. But well, they fixed the bad. Kyle Rayner
4: cover, <laughs> and they right. thought they were done. No. Oh, God.
5: No, you're not. <laughs> let's let's
4: have characters walk up torture. to food
5: trucks, please. Dean, yeah. yeah. is he really carrying a bag from his local bodega? Uh,
3: he sure yeah. is. Yeah, yeah he okay. is. He sure is. Right. That's what's happening. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. <sighs> I'm
0: out. I'm- it's Yikes. just, it's, it's, uh, you have to wonder who signs off on these things
3: uh zeslav mm-hmm. just so you know. I, yeah
1: yeah I, no, like, I don't think this one makes it to his desk which makes fair. it even worse
3: yeah
0: so is is every lee? level
1: of the company
3: <laughs> the fish rots at the head john
4: yeah.
1: yes true
0: <laughs>
3: um is this bob jim, harris jim,
4: is jim lee maybe you said bob right
5: yeah
4: oh. he's in charge but it could be harris isn't the the editor button, but, still,
5: isn't he? Yeah, I'm sorry, Man. but I'm going to say no less than ten people have to see these things before oh, it right. makes its way yeah. to the light. So of many day, people, so I give nobody a break. Yeah, how about you the know, artists yeah. themselves? Doesn't it
4: strike you as insulting when you're drawing that? Yeah,
3: you would hope so. Yeah,
1: uh, you want me to do the Martian Manhunter with a burrito? Okay,
3: <clears throat> I mean, oh who, where the,
1: the hell does that even come into their minds that this is a yeah. good idea? Oh
0: uh, Man, yep. Oh, okay, hey,
1: Hispanic heritage all they have is food. God, um, damn it you if see? you wanna
0: see if you wanna see these covers, um you can go and seek them out on your own uh again, that that article is on nPR um, it's you know, like this is a weird week for news we've got we've got one left that's uh, actually pretty cool. And something worth getting excited about. Um, your mileage I have may a breaking, vary.
3: I have a breaking news for us too, <gasps> to bring up the mood. So is
0: it is it is it positive or negative?
3: Positive.
0: Oh, DC is doing
3: it. a thing good.
0: What? Okay, hold on. Let's <laughs> what? then let's let's g- let's next? give them something before we move on.
3: Okay, right, right. so I'm so excited because I've known about this for a while, and I finally get to tell people. <laughs> So uh, DC is coming out with the DC Book of Pride, written, edited, and put together by um, our own amazing Jadzia Axelrod. Uh, So basically, it is an encyclopedia of queer superheroes by her. There will be characters getting their identity labels for the first time in this encyclopedia. I can't say who, but just know I'm excited about it. And there is a lot of really interesting stuff that's going to be in it. And now she's officially... A DC queer comics character expert, as I always knew she was. <laughs> oh,
2: there you go. And congrats
4: awesome. to, to everyone involved.
3: Yeah, so pre-order it comes out in May of next year.
4: Nice. Nice. I'm torn. <laughs> that's awesome. I
0: right, is that to next, a good covers. thing?
4: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so hopefully they won't do a run of covers in their other books. That's we'll mm, just say yeah. just,
3: No, sorry, their sorry. their cover for this, I think, is gonna be good. I understand cool. there might be a galaxy on it. Oh, all right.
0: Mm. I need to get that book. I need to order that.
3: Galaxy the Prettiest Star? Yeah. You haven't read it?
0: No. <gasps> Steve!
3: <gasps> Shock- you should, en- you nice. should enter the Gotham Outsider t- um, um, giveaway we're doing right now. You could get a free signed one.
0: <laughs> oh, come on. That's nepotism. I can't enter I mean,
3: that- you can enter it. It's random draw. If it's nepotism, then I guess it was the fates that wanted you to happen. <laughs>
0: All right, I'll I'll throw my name in the hat. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's see. Uh Ben Kingsley is going to be reprising his role as Trevor Slattery in the Wonder Man series that everyone forgot about but actually sounds pretty cool.
3: Does sound good. I did also forget about it though.
0: <laughs> I did too before the story popped up and I was like, "Oh, right. Um, And it's supposed to be like a Hollywood satire Hmm. kind of thing. And so Slattery being the thespian that he is um, will probably fit right into this somehow. I don't know, Um, Bob, you you are a uh, a a, a (laughs) resident Trevor Slattery fan. I understand
4: uh, only only after Shang-Chi because I hated Iron Man three and the twist. But I, uh, love ben, I love I love Iron Man
3: three. I know that's an unpopular opinion, though.
4: No, most people like it. I I think you've, you you destroyed for at least two hours one of the preeminent Marvel villains with a twist that didn't matter to most people in the audience anyway. If he had switched it the other way, and he turns up to really be the Mandarin, and then he kills Guy Pierce with the power rings and walks away and goes that that guy's not the Mandarin. I am. Deal with me. You'd have the twist that the general audience would have had fun with, and wouldn't have cheesed off all us comic book fans. That's all I'm saying. All <coughs> I'm, I'm saying. on that one. Any yeah. Anyway, to have a, a Hollywood satire to put another checkbox into Marvel's little list of, of cool things to do. Absolutely. Is Nathan Fillion still attached
0: to Wonder, Wonder Man? Man? I, I had don't been think when they
1: were first so. It I think that it. was a fan casting. Okay.
4: Yeah,
0: he's Too
1: still busy
4: with a rookie. What's that? Showing his it, that,
2: that It's a cop show. Rookie? Yeah. Oh, jeez.
4: Oh, I'd yeah. rather have him be Wonder Man.
3: Same. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, man, I haven't seen Nathan Fillion in anything in ages. Go home and watch Slither.
2: <laughs>
0: That's a great movie. Yes, it is. I love Slither. It's a good movie. Okay. Um, so that's it. Ben Kingsley's coming back and DC has got some work to do.
4: Is he bringing Morris with him?
0: I hope so. Um, maybe. Good. We can only hope. I. Yeah, I would hope so.
1: <laughs> Depends um, on his DGI budget.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunities. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on, I guess, uh, away from news and into some stormy weather. <laughs>
1: Aaron,
0: do you still want to go first? It is only 8.30. Sure.
5: Yeah, let's get it done. All right. Let's get her done. You've <laughs> had enough
2: already. No. Uh,
3: <laughs>
5: no. <laughs> I'm worn out. All right. <laughs> that whole new section. I'm just worn out.
3: It was really tiring.
5: <laughs> God. Let me angrily walk through my books now. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah, know, we'll do that. So, we ready? All right, here we go. So, I got, I guess, technically, I'm just going to say three sections here. Uh, so, the first book, um, well, let me also say all three of these are books that I acquired at FlameCon. So, I'm, I'm going through that <laughs> stash. And so, I was actually pretty happy to be able to sit down and go through all those. So, the first one, I'm going to be super quick about all these. The first one, The Deadliest Bouquet. Um, this recently just came I think this just came out in August, actually, as a matter of fact. Uh, Erica I'm going to read the entire creative team. Erica Schultz, I think it's Carola Borelli, Gab Contreras, Tom Chu, Kevin Wanda, and James Emmett, the editor. James Emmett is who I met at FlameCon who gave me the whole backstory here. So, you know, if you're listening, James, good on you. So the story takes place in 1998, and it's about three sisters who have been estranged for a long time, but are forced to reunite after they find out that their mother has been killed, and they have to solve their mother's murder. So there's three sisters here, Rose Poppy and Violet uh, they may be estranged because they have one secret in common and that is that their mother was a Nazi hunter who trained them to basically be butt kickers
2: oh.
5: problem is each sister has taken what they learned and gone down their different paths with it Rose became a wife and mother on the other side of the country in California and Violet is a globetrotting I'll say model uh, I'm not going to spoil anything other than uh, more than that and Poppy is a sister who basically stayed behind to care for mom, their mom, Jasmine. So as we go through the story, we're watching these sisters put their head together to solve this, mar- this murder um, while revisiting in some ways and in some ways sort of reliving some of the trauma uh, that left them estranged, ultimately. So through the story, we get to see them be just like incredibly competent and, and just amazing women uh, who are primary to the story. Um, and not secondary. They're not sort of overshadowed by, you know, a male character. Um, you also get a really a pretty good Who And it was really done in the in the the ways of the the classic Who Done It. Uh, you know, cliffhangers at the end of each chapter, you wanna call that. You get some drama, you get some heart, and you get some some really, you know, poignant questions, you know, you know, that, that sort of wrap itself up with a a little bit of a surprise ending that I didn't see coming, but there is some 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 talk of some trauma, there is some talk of you know abuse and and what this how how children all the role that they take uh and the blame that they take um and how that manifests itself into your adulthood so interesting it was a good read i I enjoyed it um i i put it in the chat a couple times i think i I posted in the chat when I was halfway through it how much I was enjoying it, and then I just wrapped it up and it was it was really good so I would check it out. Again, The Deadliest Bouquet, and I think it is on Comixology by Vices Press. So Ooh. the second book or series of books is I Am Hexed 1 through 5. This came out in actually 2018, um, and it was actually funded through Kickstarter. And the team is Kirsten Thompson. I'm going to see this very slowly. Christian Guiardo, I'm sorry, Guianardo Goudreau, uh, Taylor Esposito, and Little Corvus. So I, I, they can say it better than I can say it because I read their the, – the, I tried to come up with what I want to say as the story, but I think theirs is just perfect. So I'm Hexed is a supernatural political thriller. There's magic, muster, personal drama, and an accidental <laughs> carnivorous plant, uh, which has been part of the political fabric of Washington, D.C. since it was founded. It's only since the 60s that we just stood together and fought to take back the word hexed. A movement has a movement was ignited when witches came out of the shadows and proudly showed off their broomsticks. New, I'm sorry, now with the struggle for equality, uh, Charlotte Helm, a junior staff member for Senator Royce, uh, has been thrust into the murky and dangerous waters of political games uh, between witches and their adversary. Charlotte is now D.C.'s most wanted witch on the run, with her boss under suspicion for political corruption. Uh, Charlotte her ex-girlfriend and whatever other help she can find scramble to keep one step ahead of the political and magical forces hunting her uh there's also a b-plot uh as well uh, that talks a little uh, that really aligns with you know witches fight for equality and some of the struggles that we kind of alluded to in some of the earlier news stories uh today in the community so this story was as i was reading this and as i was looking at the art i enjoyed it it's it's a it's a fun story. It's, a, it's not an overly complicated story. There's not a whole bunch of like deep, deep, deep layers. Um, but it's a fun story and it's a good story. And it's a story that is telling a story that it, – it, I'm sorry, redundant. It's a story that is telling uh, – from coming from a position that is relevant, that is probably more relevant than it, it may have seemed in 2018. Um, but also simple. Um, as I read this and, and examined some of the art and I think Bob will appreciate this, I, re- I immediately thought I think Bob will really like this book. Mm. Um, I really thought that. Um, so you know I, I enjoyed it. I definitely think you should you should check it out. You can go to imhex.com. that is I uh to sort of get some background information. you can see some of the art. There was actually a, uh, there's five issues and there was actually a, a variant cover for each one. Uh, so I enjoyed that. The last book, in theory, the last book I have here is Shaman. That's 2015. Ben Conner. Yes. I, all go. Um, I had seen this book a while ago never picked it up. I was reading uh, uh, Ben's other book uh, and it never got back to it. So I'm going to read their description again. In the never-ending battle between good and evil, not even death is uh, permanent. The shaman, a mysterious mage with a trick permanently up uh, his sleeve, and the ability to restore life has tasked himself with raising those on both sides of the battle from the grave, working alongside a foul teenage sorceress and a retired superhero board with the life and tights. The shaman and his adoptive family fight monsters, demons, and even the odd astronaut or two. Uh, if that's what gets the job done. I really thought this was fun, fun, fun. And, and uh, Ben really has a way of speaking through his character so that they sound conversational and not like what you think a superhero should sound like, because we've become so indoctrinated into that speak. You know, if you were to meet, it's similar to when you see those um, what do you want to call it? Those uh, uh sort of parodies of superhero films, and you realize exactly how weird a Superman or a Batman would sound if you were just talking to them in Target. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I th- think about that. Uh, ben has a way of doing things with language uh, in conversation that I, I feel like I would. That's the type of conversation I would have with Shaman. That's the type of conversations that I would have with LL. That's a, it's just it's the type of conversations that I would have, and it wouldn't be Golly G. Willikers Batman. You know what I mean? So I, I really appreciate that, and it, and it leads to a lot of humor. So coming out, this book has humor, has the action, has even heart, um, and it manages to avoid most of the superhero tropes um, in a way that allows you to have all the action stuff happen off-panel, even you know, and, and still tell a fun story. So I, what I mean is, you could literally take, I feel though, you could literally have taken those um, action points out of the story, and it's you know, it's, so that it happened off-screen, and it still would have been interesting to sort of read these characters. So I, I really, really, really. Uh, enjoyed them. And the last quick hitter is I'm just going to say, for no other reason than I want John to talk about, um, <laughs> yeah. X-Men 14 was really awesome. Just going to say, I had to roll this back around to the big t- one of the big two, but X-Men 14 was awesome. And I just wanted to point that out. Anyway, go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All I can think about now, I was trying to come up with some questions about your books, but now that you've put... Like Batman going to Walmart in my head, it's all I can think about
4: are think different about things that he would want, be asking for. I wanted that image for the episode, Steve. Batman <laughs>
2: <Walmart. Batman laughs> Walmart. Why,
3: do, why yeah. do I feel like billionaire Bruce Wayne at Walmart is like a scene from arrested development? Like what are what are bananas worth? Ten dollars? <laughs>
4: <laughs> or or Dr. Well, Oz probably at the is. supermarket.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs>
4: Can you oh,
0: point exactly
5: me towards
4: buddy. the kitchenware?
5: <laughs> 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 I want Was cur- okay. <laughs> to, to walk up to you in a Target, you probably look at him and be like, "What do you say? What are you talking about? Like what? Get off my face, security! Somebody call security!" Oh, they man. always have
1: a
0: great deal on muffins.
1: <laughs> I, I have a coupon for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Their bakery is surprisingly good. Don't tell Alfred I said so.
3: You want to ask me where I got these deals? <laughs> where does he get
4: those amazing toys?
1: Yeah. I Aisle 6.
0: <laughs> um, Aaron, let me ask you this about I Am Hexed. How do you pronounce? Is this this little cat? This little like Zim is his name.
5: Do you know what I'm talking like, about? In I Am Hex, there is a plush toy. Oh, so it's, <laughs> if I'm thinking of the ones. it's a cat that started off as a plant. Yes. But became a cat, and I am struggling to remember that cat's name. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Thank you. Um, Z-E-M-E, yeah. The, the whole thing with the plant is just bizarre to me. <laughs> the, The plant just takes on, it's not in a, it's not a huge character in the book, but it has a a pivotal role and it just takes on a life of its own. And you're like, okay. This feels like
0: a candle, candle lit to Pokemon just to, just to throw it in there. Cause this looks like a Pokemon like through and through. It's absolutely adorable.
5: I it's want to a super. It. It's just a super fun, fun little. It was so quick and just so. I, I I enjoyed it. I really really enjoyed it. I was just like, this is why I like going to, to Flame Con because you get these stories and again they're written outside of, you know, similar to the way we always say, you know, for those of us that live in this area. You know, you can tell who's inside and outside the beltway. I feel like these types of artists are outside of the beltway, outside of the comics beltway, and that they could they don't have to adhere to or align with a particular type of, you know, dogma to, to get their art out there. So I really enjoyed it. You know, it's just fun. I do think you'll you'll I think you'll enjoy it.
4: It sounds it. like a lot of fun, Aaron. Absolutely. Looks fantastic. Um, what
0: was the other thing I was gonna
5: ask you? The deadliest bouquet.
0: Yeah, that um I mean, that's all out now, so that'll probably be yeah. collected soon. Um, you got me on it that is. one. I
5: definitely It up. is. I got, I, I oh, is collect. it collected? It's in, a, it's in a trade, yeah. I bought it in a Oh, trade. okay. I didn't see that when I was looking for it before while you were talking. Hmm. I wonder if it was only hmm. – I wonder if it was just uh, – like yeah, yeah, I bought it in a – Yeah, I, I have it as a trade.
0: Nice. So, yeah. All right. I'll, um, I'll have to give it another look
5: because I uh, – That's one of those I that I was wanna... like – That's one of those that I was definitely like – who can I fan cast here? So, because you know, <laughs> there's some characters. It had a little bit of a twist at the end And I was like, ooh, I kind of saw that part. Ooh, but I didn't see that coming. Whoops. Okay. Oh, well, that's thanks.
4: the best one like, oh. that happens. So, so yeah. Uh,
0: <sighs> which Batman do you want to go to
4: Walmart, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it should be Christian Bale because he'd be the most not Walmart <laughs> of the bunch. Okay. <laughs> Oh,
3: right, I, I feel one. like yeah.
5: I could see Adam West in Walmart any day. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Oh, absolutely. yeah. 100%.
5: Oh, God. <sighs> Do you think Alfred does all the shopping?
3: 100%. Maybe it should,
5: yeah. maybe it should be Alfred course, and yes. Aunt Harriet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <I> remember her.
5: <laughs> see, uh, we're not gay. Aunt Harriet's
4: here. Chris, <laughs> <Yeah, okay. laughs> <laughs> I, I know you know this story, but that's the reason oh, she oh, was yeah, to the TV show. Which oh, is I horrendous. absolutely yeah. know
3: that. It was too gay. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. Which is why we don't have a Squirrel Girl <laughs> television show because it was right. too gay. Oh
3: my Thank and you everyone why. knows adding a suspiciously spinster ant to things mm-hmm. makes them less gay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there are too many options that are appropriate for this <laughs> uh, <laughs> episode or work.
5: Already. <laughs> We're only halfway through. I mean, uh, I'm, uh, I'm making it X-Men now. X Men 14. X, X- yes.
1: Men 14. It, I was actually going to talk about it later, but Dan, that oh, was go a ahead. good issue. That was so much fun. I just, from beginning to end, it's just fun. You got Iceman saving the world. Um, you got newspaper wanting to de-gay him. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no we're going to tell this story. We have a gay mutant superhero who saved the earth from extinction. And it's like, this is so good. And then the last three pages with Cyclops.
5: Oh, I love it. I love it. My it's favorite such a part. My favorite part and that Cyclops imagery is amazing, by the way. My favorite mm. part is the it, it, and it almost—I'm not even kidding—it almost made me misty. Was mm-hmm. the image of Bobby and Angelica high fiving? Yeah, <laughs> on their way down, it gave me every bit of Spider-Man and his amazing friends vibes, and I wanted to get a big bowl oh, of sugary God. cereal and sit yeah. and read the book again just to like complete the <laughs> the circle. They could have you... just had.
1: They could have just had. Spider-Man and Miss Kitty fly through. The- <laughs> Basically, <laughs> in the background.
5: Awesome. Yes. I was just like, and, uh, this is everything I needed in an X-Men book right now. Just to see them high-five and use yeah. their powers in that way, just literally to – By the way, saving the Earth from an extinct, extinction-level event was just their side project. They had yeah. more important things to do. That
4: was, That's a that hell of a side project. I'm saying.
5: <laughs> that was literally – saving the planet from an extinction level event. is like, all right, we have this other thing to do with the Eternals, but we got to make this stop first and save the planet. And then we'll get back to that. All right. So here Look we're That's to. exactly yeah. how it was. <laughs> so, so I was like, right. I love this. I love this. I love that Jean Grey is basically, I mean, she's basically a God now. Yes. I mean, to be honest, yeah. she's, yep. there's basically nothing she can't do. Um, Just, it's amazing. I just, the, the Pepperell art. It just it's it's perfect for the story. And yeah, that those last pages of Cyclops, mm. basically walking up to you know Mister Man, Mister <laughs> Man, <laughs> being yeah. like, you know, like you don't want to do that, and don't the let of course who judges again. me is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> basically, <laughs> he's basically like you don't want me to come back here again, yeah. so let it go. I was like, oh 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 okay. There you have it. So, yeah, get on that. Just saying. Oh. All right, I'm done.
4: Who was our <laughs> know, creative team on this masterpiece? By the way, I don't think we. On X uh, Jerry Duggan. Oh, An X Men, okay. Jerry, yep. Jerry Duggan uh, Jerry and Duggan. CF Villa. Nice. Is it is it CF uh, Villa now a was Young Guns exclusive?
2: Oh, I, do I don't think know. that
4: came out today, along with Elena Casagrande.
0: Oh, did they oh. name? They named the they new. They their new storm yes. Yep.
2: Oh wow.
1: Oh, I I'm didn't sorry. see that. I think they just did it this afternoon. Yeah, well, I saw Elena Casagrande yes. and Mr. Villa. Well, we're already
0: talking about it. So who is who is named? This is the um. This is like the prophetic Young
4: Guns thing. Yes, I don't have it in front of me, but Elena uh, Grande oh, and CM Villa were at the top of the list. Huh. It's time to exclusive um, deals. With big projects here. to come thank you john uh,
1: yeah no, here i got it here somewhere marvelous. you got it it's so, Al- so, elena so, so, so. casagranda yeah uh, nick mm-hmm. klein jan balza uh, balzdua chris allen martin cocolio lucas wernock federico Vincentin, vincentini and cf villa okay so, it's very international I am unfamiliar
0: with a lot of those names.
1: Um, Elena Casagrande, Black Widow. Nick Klein, Thor. Uh, Jan Belzaldua is Legion of X. Chris Allen is on Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Um, Martin Cocolo is Hulk vs. Thor, Banner of War. Uh, Lucas Warnock is Immortal X-Men. Uh, Federico Vincentini is X-Deaths of Wolverine. And CF Villa is taking over X Men for Pepe Laraz because Laraz is going to go do some uh, Mark Miller verse Netflix money stuff for a while. Cool. All right. Interesting. I, I mean, that's cool. like the sound of it.
0: Yeah. 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 I um. I mean, I definitely know some of those names, but there's a there's still a lot of names on there that I'm unfamiliar with, which is right. exciting. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And only think. one of them is American. Everybody else is Italy, Germany, Mexico, Uruguay, Brazil, Italy, and another Mexico. It's great. Well, no one tell, uh, no one tell no no B- until David I, this, is <laughs> this is Marvel. This is Marvel. Oh, that's
0: true. That's true. I know. I was making no, a joking. joke. I was making I'm, a terrible joke.
1: I was going along with your terrible joke. No, you weren't. You I were, were making true. a fool of
2: like, me. Like, <laughs> 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 you waiting, waiting
1: for you. me to come back. The number one you know, I was coming back on the show. Dude, I haven't been here be as here. long as you've been gone. You <laughs> planned everything. I know you. Well, me and Chris, do our, have our Twitter chat. Yeah, we did. We no. did. Oh,
5: yeah. Collu- it collusion. was collusion.
1: <laughs> collusion, I say. It's the
0: Skype channel that I wasn't invited to. I know no, all we it. Please, it all over. it's Twitter.
1: <laughs> we brought it all over to the group chat. It's all cults. All the <laughs> it's all all the hard evidence
2: is there. Oh Lord.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Um Chris, do you wanna um jump in on Shaman um before yeah. Aaron takes his leave?
3: Yes, and before I get accused of nepotism a second time on this show, I actually read Shaman before I was friends with Ben Con, um, and so I was a fan first, friend second. Wow, uh, are you are you
0: hipstering for Ben Con right now?
3: No, <laughs> yes, I am. I was into Ben Con before I was, I was friends Con. with they Ben Con, little Con. Little oh,
2: ben.
3: <laughs> but pretty much immediately before this was the comic I read, and I was like, they need to be my friend now. So, uh, but truly, I love Shaman so much. It is. It is so clever. It is so meta. Um, I, I've talked. I've like done book talks on this so many times. As I am unofficial PR for Ben Con at this point. <laughs> so I'm just obsessed with shaman So yeah, glad to hear it getting another shout out.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. All right, Aaron. What
5: would you? Uh, what would you like to I'll do? Want to a little bit? Hang out. Cool. 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 Yeah. You'll just right. call for me at some point and I'll be gone. That's going to make the, the show more fun. <laughs> yes. You'll That's never see mystery. me
3: again.
5: Teleports <laughs> out. to be the mystery. Exactly. Make a game of it.
3: Yeah. Wendell, Is he still Harry. there? Is he still there?
4: Is this on FanDuel? Can we bet
1: this? Oh, I did on. that to I'm... a meeting a couple weeks ago. I just went to the bathroom and I never
0: <laughs> Exactly. Here, check the, check the
5: chat real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like the little girl on family matter she went upstairs and never came back down
3: oh my god
5: <laughs>
3: that man goes to
5: walmart <laughs> ah, yeah, it's it, so
3: good oh
5: <laughs> there was
0: another one with it with his cape like drawn up and i could i have like three really good options so. oh
3: my god i love it <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i do i do like this one <laughs>
4: All right. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's, that's classic. You've got the low price sign and everything. Yeah. It's
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, we'll use
0: it. Yeah. Um, Bob, would you care to go next?
2: Sure.
4: All righty. Harley Quinn, the animated series, the real sidekicks of New Gotham special, features stories by creators such as T. Franklin, Max Sarin on the wraparound. And you get T. and O'Neill Jones doing a, a great vixen story. Alexis Corasano and Erica Henderson doing Batgirl. Those two are my favorites, and that's not to slide a fun Clayface tale by Connor Shin, Logan Fairber Dr. Psycho by Jimmy Mosqueda and PJ Holden, and The Two Jokers by Jameson Borak and John McKell. The book is just a delight through and through. If you're a fan of the television show, this is the whole animated series set of books that T. Franklin did, it's a lovely sidebar that really keeps the continuity going and I'm going to say it's completely worth even this $9.99 price tag which tells you something now, there are some new heroes in the Marvel version of New York City but since former Mayor Wilson Fisk made vigilantes illegal new Mayor Luke Cage has to create a new team that's sort of on the books, Jim Zub Sean Isaacs Jonathan uh, Tatarlia and Joe Sabino are the team behind this Thunderbolts number one, which I think is a five. I think they did a nice job assembling an intriguing cast of characters Clint Barton, America Chavez, Power Man, Victor Alvarez, Cara uh, Kilgrave, a.k.a. Persuasion, and a new mystery bruiser called, look, I didn't make this up, Gutson Glory. <laughs> <laughs> and you a surprise guest star whose late game appearance is spoiled by the cover. I'm not going to add to that source by naming her here, but it was marvelous to see her. <laughs> Fun, action-packed opener with some interesting, a lot of stuff set up coming forward. So I'm really intrigued with what's going to happen with Thunderbolts. Variance number three is by Gail Simone, Phil Noto, and Corey Pettit. So I don't have to say anything else to tell you how entertaining this book is, right?
2: <laughs> that's,
4: that's just, pretty perfect because I can't say much without spoiling some nice things in this Jessica Jones mystery. If you're not buying the series by the trade, it's a great book at every level. I mean, variants. You, you, if you're If you missing out if you don't get it. Finally, I was lucky enough to get a copy of the very limited 3000 copies. So they say it's a new original graphic novel called Fantastic Four full circle by Alex Ross, which has a color assist by Josh Johnson, letters by Ariana Mayer. It's a tale set in a modern era Fantastic Four, I'd say just before their hiatus by people who won't be named who run Marvel. But it's told <laughs> in a classic Lee Kirby way with roots in a number of older stories. A mysterious being has found his way into the Baxter building, bringing with him a number of beasties from the negative zone, which, of course... Reed has a way to science out in a jiffy. He's because he's Reed. The team goes into that dreaded realm to put a halt to any further trouble, but it's the FF, so trouble finds them, needless to say. As well as some interesting revelations to go with that. That it bears Alex Ross's name on the cover, you'd have certain preconceptions about the artwork. But Full Circle is done in a method that melts his usual superheroic Norman Rockwell style with a late 60s. Jack Kirby, Joe pencil, ink, dots approach that really works well in setting this the classic vibe. This is enhanced by Ross and Johnson's bold colors. The choices are incredible. As in one scene, Ben says, "Get your crummy, crummy black light mitts off of me! It's like I'm in a head shop."
2: <laughs>
4: if you're a fan of classic Marvel stuff. This is a must. Oh, that might that be the easier thing to get? As most comic shops had their shipments allocated. So the major e-tailers so far still say they have it, but I don't think that's going to last. So it's it's only sort of like $24. It is a wonderful presentation. It's Alex Ross, and he knows where of he speaks and what he does. So that's it for me.
1: Marvel is actually going to release their own version of it. So I oh. think it'll become more accessible cool. because I, I have a copy of this. I, don't, I haven't read it yet. Um, but I think that it was, this was printed by another company. Abrams comic art. Yep. Right. And then Marvel's going to put out their own version. Oh boy. I think later. So this was very special. This, this could have been the fantastic four. This was like the, the, he pitched this Alec Ross started working on it being, thinking it was going to get greenlit Yeah, and then it didn't. And so then he went back and did this and yeah, I'm, my plan is to sit down and read it this week sometime, but, I, I just I I went through it real quick. Everything you say is is dead. This is so beautiful. I can't wait to read it. Uh, yeah, the story itself it ties into.
4: Uh, okay, at a certain level, uh, people remember way way back when I talked about this. It was to me the greatest single issue in Fantastic Four history. And I'll just leave it that. Too. People should go look that up. They can look up the old episodes we talked about it. But mm-hmm. Alex Ross really. <laughs> loves these characters and loves them in their classic form. But it's still... Again, we're set in a more modern era because Sue mentions the children, plural.
2: Mm
4: -hmm. That becomes a little bit of a thing. And you have this Alex Ross has a certain aesthetic, and again, as a point, everyone expects to see what we see on, on those covers he does, and they're some of my favorite things I've ever, as well as Kingdom Come and Marvels. But he wanted this to look like the Lee Kirby Fantastic Four. And he manages somehow to blend the two together in a way that I didn't expect, honestly, and when you open it up and see it. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a name out that no one's gonna know, but he always uses models. And sometimes they're from movies and television. His Reed Richards is an actor named Gary Conway, who was in Land of the Giants back in the late 60s or mm-hmm. late 70s. I do know exactly yeah, who you're and exactly. And right that's, who he, about. that's who he draws Reed as. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it completely works. And if you know those old stories, it's great. You know what happened with the negative zone and so on. If you don't, it's still a marvelous adventure.
0: Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> you like that, huh? I do like that. I like that so much that I am
4: purchasing this right now. Yeah, I know Amazon had
1: it, but Plant had it. I think Midtown it's, still had it. Comixology has it on oh. the site. So ah, uh, yeah, but I feel like this. No, this no, this. Is no, I'm just of saying. A crack
4: open the, the real book, and I, I have yeah. the one in the fa- the fantastic slipcase, no less.
1: Oh, it's yeah. only twenty two bucks. Yeah, for the, that's hardcover. the Marvel version. This is a you know, this is a special edition. Oh well, lottie dog. <laughs> right. It's about time you understood, Steve. The the prestige Bob and I have. Oh <laughs> yeah. wow! Was
5: like, you better ask <laughs> I, I like I like this new attitude.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This is this is John Slut like... era, so we have to embrace that. Okay, I, I see, see, sent
1: pictures it. of my rolled up cuffs today.
3: Yes. Oh, oh look, tag your porn, John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gotta be hesitating on this book over here. Look at what you've done.
1: Don't hesitate. We love you, Steve.
0: I if
4: month. <laughs> month. Steve, Steve, you definitely need this book. Yes.
0: Alright, well, do you convince me? Um, it says it comes out together. today So wait a minute. What's it's available
4: it's available it was available last week, but it's it's Amazon licit later because they're Amazon. I'm
0: Sorry, gonna uh, call you know what? My my LCS has has is really good about ordering this type of thing. I'm
4: gonna call them tomorrow and see what's up. Yep. See now, if I can't get my hands on this. My store had ordered two of these and he got a note from Diamond that they had allocated away two copies of it. So like, well, wait a minute, time out. We ordered this six months ago and now we're not getting anything here to make Five or six phone calls. So my kudos to Frank at Long Island Comics. When yeah. he after it's like, wait a minute, I'm only getting two. Can I at least get one? And he's a forty year customer with them, so they finally acquiesced and gave him the two that he needed. So he got one, and I got one. <laughs> oh, well, they know where I their bread's buttered. Yeah, yeah, they should. Forty years worth is is kind of special, won't we think?
0: Um, good on you for purchasing that Harley Quinn animated real sidekicks of new Gotham. I saw the price tag on that and I was like,
4: Whoa, Whoa. worth it, Steve. Worth it. <sighs> I know. What? $10. Clayface, man. You love Clayface. Oh, God damn it.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shit. Cost, <sighs> man, you, you've cost me <laughs> 30 A five good, bucks like, or
4: 35 bucks already tonight.
0: But you're Aaron too. My God.
4: Right, but you already paid for variants by yourself, right? You didn't meet um, it.
2: Yeah, you to no,
0: I. One. And to be honest with you, like my last two weeks for comic books were very thin. I've been good. I've been. Uh, I've not mm-hmm. been spending money willy nilly. We got. Uh,
3: you were unconscious in- for those two weeks, though, so I don't know how much credit <laughs> <Yeah>. you get.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll see. We might. We might have some. We might have some big news in a little bit, and uh, old Steve's got to tighten the belt a little bit. <laughs> Um, But I did read Some of your book, And I read books that are not on your list That I know that you've read that I want to bring up Super okay. quick Um, I checked out Defenders Beyond
4: how Yes nuts, How nuts is Defenders Beyond so I'll tell fun. you
0: For a book that I have absolutely no idea What mm-hmm. is going on mm-hmm. I am having the best time Reading exactly. it anyway
3: right? exactly. it's So good
0: Yeah it's um, it's really psychedelic. It's it's hitting that um, oh god, like Marvel's space age stuff. Um, who's the oh my god? Why can't I remember? Is it Ditko?
4: Well, that, that, that goes way back to you know, Spider Man. Starlin is the Captain Marvel Thanos guy. So maybe that's who that I'm going, thinking yeah. of. Um, it's go, wild, strange, but yeah. yeah and, and you've got the whole Ultimates vibe. The whole new Avengers thing, it gets some you get some blue marvel.
0: Yeah. You get Galactus' really,
4: Mom, which is always fun. It's
0: very cool. It definitely is doing that thing though where they're like big reveal on the last page, and I'm just like, I have no idea what that <laughs> means, but you look really excited about it. So but it's very cool. But the other thing that I read. Of yours that I absolutely love from top to bottom is Gail Simone's The Variants. Yes, holy crap! I there is something about Jessica Jones and Jessica Jones specifically when she's paired with the Purple Man. You know, we mm-hmm. every now and again will get a question coming into the podcast of like, "Who are your favorite villains?" I think the purple man might be like way, way up there for me. It started with David Tennant's uh, performance as him, as Kilgrave in Jessica Jones season one. But even in the comics between like the Matea de uh, de Uless, uh Kelly Thompson, Kelly Thompson oh, stuff. Daughter.
4: Oh, so you, you get, you got me to read that one. That was awesome. right? And like, but now this,
0: and it's, it's just, I feel terrible because I'm reading this book and Jessica Jones, just as a character, she is so tragic in a lot of ways, but it makes her like it, I feel close to her in that way. And, and it, it really invests me in what she's feeling and what she is going through. The threat of the Purple Man in her life, their relationship is, is some of the most terrifying comic book stuff that yeah. I've ever read. You know, like what he's able to do, and just the idea of him being in your life again is enough to paralyze you and to to take you away from the people that you love and have well, them hide sends, somewhere. Where right? You don't she know sends
4: where. them away, knowing yeah. how
0: bad things can be.
4: Oh, how right? terrible! And
0: and mm-hmm. like hearing about this this other woman that was uh like kind of triggered. Like there was almost like a, an internal countdown. That all of a sudden she was activated one day by him. And the idea that there could also be like a ticking time bomb uh, inside Jessica and her being her power set being what it is and how much of a real threat she is to the people that she loves. And that's so it's so lonely and it's so cruel. And I mean, as much as that stuff is sad, that makes for a really good villain for me. And- Jessica
5: seems to be the only character that I can think of in a Marvel setting that truly experiences trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great point. And when I say experiences, I mean, you know, in the sense that it is revisited, it is not something that is just extinguished on yeah, the Not transit, during- yes. Yeah. You know, and the next writer who comes on board is is not gonna ignore it like it was something that never happened, but it's a through line that is the reason why she's in boots and jeans and a slubby t shirt and doesn't really <laughs> want to be a part of the Avengers. And it was also, I think, what made the one scene where she gives a long embrace to a version of herself even more yes. sort of um, yeah sort of complex and and touching, you know, so that was a great moment. Hmm. What, what, you know, the realization right before something, you know, tragic happens that, you know, you know what's coming and you don't want to ruin it, but you don't want it to happen, but you don't want to ruin it. But, you know, so it's, yeah, I, I, I think she's an interesting and very complex character that I don't think sometimes it seems like she's outside of the Marvel universe altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, because of that, mm-hmm. because of the, the revisited trauma and that she doesn't just as powerful as she is, she doesn't just heal. Yeah. The only other person I think came close to that was Captain Marvel and that whole little mini that they did after she they screwed her over with the whole Civil War thing again. Mm-hmm. What was that? The, I can't remember. Uh, her, Life of Captain
4: Marvel, it, Marvel, the, the um, yeah. Mar- Maggie Stole one yeah
5: yeah, that one mm-hmm. that was the closest I could think to someone experiencing trauma you know or hmm. revisiting but, it yeah.
4: is so perfect that it's Gail Simone doing this
5: yeah when, yes, when
0: Jessica is mean, put into the right hands yeah. she really really shines damn I'm like I'm getting lost just thinking about it
4: we want more Gail Simone I'll say that and we want more Jessica Jones with Gail Simone writing her
2: hmm mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what are there two more in the uh, only Marians? two? Only
4: two more, but I'm sure hoping because Gail Gale Marvel, the, the whole Domino thing, Domino Hot Shots, whatever. Those were a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: Ridiculous those were Deadpool's
4: going back, but I, I think this is this could be her wheelhouse.
0: It would be nice if like if they do the deal with um, G Willow Wilson for more Poison Ivy, if Marvel were to follow suit and contract Gail Simone mm-hmm. for more Jessica Jones. Speaking. That would poison me next week. That's team. my
4: that's my big book for next week.
0: Yeah, I picked that up today. I'm looking. I'm going to read that later tonight, alongside the new Batman.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Aaron, you uh, you said what you wanted to say about variants, right? That is correct. Okay,
3: <laughs> <laughs> still here. He's still here. Everyone who's counting.
0: Alright, let's here. move on to the next round,
1: and that would be John's <laughs> All right um, Let's see I'm going to start off with Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number four <laughs> and five That's what uh, Lush means?
3: I was wondering
1: <laughs> I thought it was like Lush, I'm sorry I thought they were fighting the drunk I, I, <laughs> I,
5: I, I, I oh, see you, John yeah. I see you, don't worry Thank you, Aaron okay. <laughs>
1: Oh, but you know, with Mark, with, I mean, with, um, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, you never know if, uh, you might yeah. bring a lush into this shit it it's eventually. True. So this is Bendis and Scott Gamuski on art with Ryan Cody on colors and Dave Sharp on letters. Uh, so far this, this has been going the classic DC event where you have a big bad, the great darkness, uh, has arrived in the 31st century and the 21st century. And the JL and Losh, um, sorry, the Legion of Superheroes, have been broken up into sub teams and thrown through time and space as they start to piece it together. Well, number four, they, the, the time travel shenanigans have halted. Uh, both teams are now stuck in the 21st century, but not everybody is the same age as when the adventure began Ooh. because you got like a teenage Green Arrow, you got Old Man Black Adam. Um, and all of this is linked to the gold lantern. And for a brief, briefest of moments, I thought that this book was gonna finally live up to its name and actually be Justice League. <laughs> versus the Legion of Superheroes, but then everybody decided to listen to Batman and they stopped it. Um, this has been a fun miniseries, it's beautiful art. This makes me dream of what Bendis's Justice League run could have been. I loved his Legion of Superheroes, as I know Aaron did, and this kind of feels as a successor to that. Um, I don't know what, obviously this isn't going anywhere because the the great darkness is already part of the dark crisis, but for, we got one more of these, so for a six issue little story, uh, this is a great swan song for Bendis at DC. Uh, Then I wanted to get into Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 12 through 14. Um, Tom Taylor, uh, Cian Torme, uh, with Federico Blee on colors and Dave Sharp on letters. This book is still killing it. Uh, We're building toward the final assault on Gamora uh, and that bastard Henry Bendix, to quote (laughs) the Midnighter. Uh, I love the truth. I love that the whole... The, the 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 online reporting that they got lois lane as their lead reporter now jay and john is fantastic uh there's a aaron cover your ears there's a great damien moment oh. here <laughs> damien like they're getting ready for the assault and they're at the on the ship and all these uh gamoran soup superheroes that have been made over time are getting ready to go and slinking in the corner there's damien and everybody looks at him and goes were you seriously planning on leading an assault on a dictatorship without me
2: <laughs> and then there's a
1: great embrace which you know if, mm. if the john jay thing doesn't work out yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know or oh, if i'm cool with that too oh um, yes please sign yeah, me up i i love this book and i've loved this book since it came out but i i'm a huge wildstorm fan back in the day like the wildcats the authority Stormwatch. And every time Marvel or DC has ever tried to weave that kind of into their main DC stories, it really hasn't worked. It works here for some reason. Henry Bendix is the main bad guy uh, of of the early 2000s Wildstorm era. And they're using him perfectly in sync with how he was back then and, and have molded it into the DCU. I want this book to go on. I know Cal L is coming back and DC, listen to me. There <laughs> is room for two supermen in your universe. Yes. And keep this book going because this book is fantastic.
5: Please, I got 14 Absolutely. Robins, even the crappy one. Yes, exactly. <gasps> oh. And finally just um, shaking my head. <laughs>
1: I like that we're doing like, like like we're like a script now like we're giving. <laughs> I'm doing air quotes, action head. <laughs> Chris yeah. uh, I'm just the, making
3: the I'm just making the Chris Pine face right now.
1: <laughs> oh, I have my I have you know I'm not wearing socks so it's okay. <laughs> um, finally, uh, I caught up on all things Axe, which is Avengers, X Men, <laughs> Eternals, uh, Judge. Not right?
2: actually.
1: <laughs> Although I had a student who mm. must have dropped an entire axe bomb in the bathroom oh. the other day. It, it was like a 90s nightclub and it was bad. <laughs> um, anyway, this is uh, Judgment Day number three. You got Kieran Gillen, writer, Valerio skeedy on art, Marty Garcia on colors, and Clayton Cowles on letters. So at the end of last issue, the rogue Eternals and Tony Stark, because if you're going to make a mess, Tony's got to be there. And Mr. Sinister have revived the Avengers Mountain, which is a dead celestial. Uh, And so this book took a huge turn. If you thought this was just going to be a a fight between the X-Men and the Eternals, nope, they woke up a dead God. And that dead God is going to judge all humans, mutants and Eternals to see if we're worth saving. So we're fucked. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I I love the turn in this. It's a great event. It's got some wonderful tie-ins. We talked about X-Men number 14. With each person being judged, it made that Cyclops scene so much better at the end where he walks up and goes, the only person who can judge me is my wife. And if you want to do this, we can go. Mm -hmm. Um, You got Captain America being judged. You have the Eternals. Droog, the High Eternal now, is, is plotting to how he can somehow survive this. X-Men Red saw Uranos come to Mars and just Oof. decimate them all. Oof. It, was, it was brutal. Uh, there's just a lot of good stuff going on here. And this is the type of event, thankfully, you don't need to read everything. Ooh. If you read the core book and you pick up what you want to on the side, it all works. If you skip some of it, you're not missing anything, and I, I and I'm I'm glad when events like that happen because too many times, I like you see the event and then in a the little box it says see Spider-Man number twenty eight to reveal this story and it's like they're just letting them do side stories if they want to, but the main book is the the great story that's going on. Gillen is amazing, Skeety's art is is just wonderful. And I'm having the time of my life with this event, other than that DC event that I'm still reading and enjoying, but not as much. And I'm done. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. I will say re- regarding the AXE stuff, I will say you're absolutely right. You don't need to read the tie-ins. I will you will never hear me say this again. <laughs> I will deny everything. Deep fake. This is a deep fake recording. <laughs> but This is one of the few times when some of the tie-ins are not necessary, but they're icing on the cake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
5: in that they just have they're tied they're actually tied in. For example I mean, perfect example is X-Men fourteen. It's Mm -hmm. actually tied in in a sense because it's it's referenced all through and they're they're in the middle of what's happening in the other books where they take that detour to basically save the planet. And then you know, come back. And the the objective of them saving, trying saving the planet, and also doing this is because you know people are still pissed at the X Men or the mutants because they realize that they could live forever and they're not sharing it with the world. So it's like it's it's not a part of the main story, and you don't have to have it to understand what's going on. But it's like when you read it, you do actually it it, it is extra. It's like getting deleted scenes almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it yeah. really just over adds to it.
4: Now, I'm way behind on my DC events and sort of things, as you can imagine. So, The Great Darkness is, uh, I don't know, David Zaslav? <laughs>
1: oh, no. Yeesh. No. He's The Great Yikes. Whiteness, Bob. Okay. Um, sorry. There <laughs> you have it. There you have it. Um, no. The Great so Darkness, sorry. back from the old uh, Keith Giffen. Um, it's, oh, um, what's his
5: name? Um, the Crisis guy. The, and he, Pariah? Oh thinking no. it's
1: pariah yeah is it pariah, okay
5: but
1: yeah it's yeah. pariah in in, in in not in the justice league versus legion in the dark crisis book it's pariah and the revived dark versions of all of the like the dark multiverse oh, okay versions yeah. of like dark side it's not I, i'm i know i'm bashing on it it's been fun it's just i think the avengers x-men eternals has been a superior summer yeah. event
5: I will say Joey and I have been because I think we were talking about it a couple weeks ago. We have been loving the JL versus Losh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even I, I think, I think even Joey said, as he's been listening to us talk about AXE, he's like, I may have backed the wrong horse, yes. He's like, still, no, no, we still been enjoying dark, I've been enjoying dark crisis, still been enjoying dark crisis. But yes. I will say, if I have if a Dark Crisis issue is in front of me, or an AXC issue is in front of me, I'm probably going to lead into the AXC issue first, yeah. and then read really? the Dark Crisis. Yeah. Do I'm you the same way. do you know how long Dark Crisis is?
1: It's seven issues think, of the main story of the mm, main. Room. If you
5: look at their thing, if you look at their their sort of read this, it goes into December. Yeah, I think. Are you serious? I think, Oof, I think it re-
1: It leads into 2023, and if they're going to do something out of it. You start the new year with whatever they're going to do out of it. So that way right. they can wrap it up by summer and just reboot the whole thing again.
0: Oh, sure. I, think I, I think I'm out. I, I, I think I have like the first three, but I <laughs> didn't, have, I didn't, didn't three, purchase.
1: There's only four more. Eight? Eight. Yeah, four more. but
0: <laughs> only.
3: it's so short.
0: No, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I mean, I, this might be another situation where I just live through you guys on it because <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Thing
1: with, like, the Avengers, X-Men, and Eternals, it feels more accessible. Dark Crisis feels like you need to be in the know with who these people are to understand it. Yeah. It, it's a very mm-hmm. fanboy, 1985 Crisis, kids, you know, story. Like, I think, Maybe that's where we're more into it than you know somebody who's maybe experiencing these characters for the first time. Yeah. That's yeah. uh
0: <laughs> <to have you. laughs> I'm not speaking my language. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, like it's not a matter of quality for me. I just don't know that I can I can justify the expenditure. If, I'm trying to be good that if I'm not excited to read something, mm-hmm. I need to at least put it down while I'm not interested in reading it. That's if later you're like you're talking about it and it just sounds like it's it can't be missed, I'll go back. But yeah. for right now it might need to uh be sacrificed to the pile. Be paused. Put a pause on it. Yeah. It'll still be there. It's paused. I paused it today. Yeah, I didn't see. I saw it and I was like,
2: mm,
0: Yeah.
5: <laughs> All right. Beyond well, that with that said <laughs> I'm throwing up a virtual peace sign. Oh no. conveniently right before Chris and I, I have wow I, I had, saw I
2: that. I, I will That's say cool.
5: I, I will say I had nothing to do with the order in which this happened, but I you know the <laughs> fate's allowed. So
3: mm-hmm. I wasn't even talking about Damien today. Come on now.
5: <laughs> Whenever there's a risk, I gotta get out of the room. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron smells the smoke. He's getting out before <laughs> I, I can see it happening. I, I could I. it's on the horizon. I gotta mm-hmm. get out. There. Amazing.
0: So, all right. I have, I have um, if you want to mute yourself, sir, uh, we wish you and everyone the best, yes. and we'll uh, we'll talk to you in the chat. Yeah.
5: Yes. All right. Have fun. Enjoy. All right. Have a great night. All right. Now. I'll message you when nice we're boy, done. Okie okay, doke. All right, all
0: right. He's gone, everybody. here I mean, we go. Oh,
3: it's all talking, Damien, all the time. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: I forgot to tell Aaron that I read um, "Sins of the Black Flamingo."
3: Oh, I so got good. caught up!
0: Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. so good, right? It's it's excellent. It's really it's it's like. It's weird. It almost it reminds me of a webtoon in that it yeah. keeps going in a direction that is unpredictable. I, oh, my God. I love Joey's comment, <laughs> I think, from last time or the time before. I know.
3: That was so funny. Um, when
0: he's like, I never know what you're going to say next when you're talking about webtoons. And I was like, I that is so accurate.
3: <laughs> I was really sad he's not on tonight because, boy, do I have some that are like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. It was a great observation on his part. It really is. That's honestly so good. Uh, but yeah, sins of the Black Flamingo is quality. It's, so it's good. one of the, like one of those books that I'm I kind of just sat back after the second issue before I moved on to the third, just yeah. to appreciate what I read and how outlandish it was, but how much it all makes sense in that world.
2: Yeah. And how much
0: fun the characters have been. And I'm just like, this is a this is a quality comic. This is why I read comics. Mm, Since of the black mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. It is so good. Speaking of things that are so good. Chris, why don't you tell me about all the comics that are so good on your list?
3: Yes, I have a bunch of webtoons for us tonight. Um, so I read the new webtoon uh Sinos de Mayo which is so much fun. If you like a magical school, but don't want any turfs in your media, let me direct you to this (laughs) comic at away from Harry Potter. Uh, This is a delightful queer magical school story with this absolutely stunning, like pink, purple pastel colors, like palette. Through it, that honestly, it's just comforting. It is, it's like a hug in a comic. Uh, the plot is basically this young wizard who wants to open a potion shop. That's like his whole goal in life. And it's all the hijinks he gets into while he's trying to do this. And the guy at the school, he has a crush on. And it's it's so charming. It is so fun. I couldn't put it down the minute I started reading it. And then I got really mad about how few episodes are out yet. Um, but I absolutely love it. And this is going to be one I will be following for a while. <laughs> Awesome. Now here, here are the ones where it get, we get into the Joey's comments about. I never knew what the next sentence of the description was going to be, so let's uh, go. Me, <laughs> Hooves of Death.
2: Yes,
4: love Hooves <laughs> of
3: Death. I'm so glad you read it, Bob. <laughs> Hooves of Death was one of the earliest webtoons that I fell in love with, and I was just like, this, this media, this is going to be good. Uh, basically, <laughs> it is. A bunch of unicorns in a deadly war. And the unicorns have the cute aesthetic and the adorable names like sparkles and sprinkles, but their personalities are that of survivors in a zombie apocalypse. Holy like shit. I at this right way.
0: now. This looks amazing. <laughs> oh, this.
3: They are dark. They are brooding. There are lines like sparkles, you need to look for survivors. It's just incredible. <laughs> And it's like genuinely emotional because I think it sounds funny the way I'm describing it. But I was crying multiple times (laughs) reading it. And I was like, what is this? And how is this happening? But also I am deeply obsessed with this. I love a weird comic and I love a comic that combines like cute and bleak (laughs) in a way that is enjoyable. Um, And it's honestly hard to describe other than it's just so weird. You've got to read it.
0: (laughs) Let me ask you before you move on. Yeah. To your next. Have you ever heard of the fighting game? Them's fighting herds. No. Okay. I need to oh send you. It is exactly Please. what it sounds like. It is a oh 2d fighting game where you are like basically my little ponies.
3: Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. yeah if you ever video, thought, If you ever thought my little ponies should throw down more hooves of death
0: (laughs) I'm already subscribed to it
4: I am totally going to check this out tonight
3: I will Uh chime back
4: in later go go keep going
3: okay and speaking of things where you're not going to be able to predict where it's going Simon Seuss. Okay, so Simon Sues starts out as your typical kind of lawyer down on our luck story. This kid is a law student on a scholarship at a major prestigious university. And uh, he is the best student. Like, he has to be. He has to be the best or else he'll get thrown out. He doesn't have the money to make it on his own. However, he s- starts losing to somebody he knows as not as good at mock trial as him. Because it turns out the that riches and uh, elite are not the only privilege that people at the school have. Some of them have made deals with demons. (gasps) And Simon goes from this unassuming young lawyer to the prosecutor of demons who puts them on trial for the things they have done. It is incredible. (laughs) If you enjoy the show Lucifer, you would like Simon Seuss. (laughs) uh do you want me to should i talk about shows too or do we want to talk about comics before i move on to shows well
0: why don't we let why don't we let bob jump in on hooves of death and
4: then we'll we'll move on well uh, you see the solicit for it and it's okay (laughs) unicorns and zombies i mean how is this gonna work but it completely does because it is light and airy at a certain level at the artwork yeah but it is really deep when when yeah. uh, and when I saw, let's say these things, you know, when Glitter goes off to scout.
3: Oh God, so and, sad. And
4: and, and finally, little girl Kate, yeah, fighting off an entire horde of zombies, and then Glitter gets bitten, and she's bleeding yeah. rainbow stuff. It's like, oh no, right. no, i have already invested. Yeah, just a great little great little story.
3: Yeah, it's so strange and delightful. Chris, <laughs> yes.
4: Are,
0: have you seen Bob's Burgers?
3: Yes, I have.
0: This Hooves of Death sounds like Tina Belcher fan fiction.
3: Oh my God, it does. This sounds yeah,
0: like it. Equestronauts.
3: <laughs> it does. You're totally right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't wait to read this.
4: I'm
3: yeah. stoked. I'm totally yeah. going to
4: read this tonight. Now, are the gnomes going to be a big thing moving forward without spoiling anything, Chris?
3: Um they're definitely in it some this this comic go- has gone on for a while, so it goes a lot of places. Okay. I'll say it that way. Okay. It's a pretty long running one.
4: Yes, I, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the
0: uh girl at the concert shouting to the dude meme is back and it is all about
4: Florence Pugh.
0: And oh my Olivia god, I Biles. know.
3: And whether or not Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine, I know. It's great. <laughs> <laughs>
4: They should all be very happy that Florence didn't go all Yelena on their tushes.
3: Honestly, honestly. Uh, oh man, it's yes. making
0: me think of my friend Jesse's fun story of him uh, having to kick Shia LaBeouf out of his club.
3: Oh my for god,
0: misbehaving and breaking oh the rules. Um,
3: speaking of people misbehaving, <laughs> yeah,
4: sure, actually, <laughs> sure yeah. Is.
3: Nice <laughs> Thank you. It is it is genuinely a good month to be Chris because we have Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power coming out, the House of Hammer documentary, and Taylor Swift announced new music. I am in heaven. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, speaking of people misbehaving, let's start with House of Hammer because I've brought it up so many damn times on the show at this point. Uh. It's finally here, and there is less. Skeletal sex thrones than you might be expecting. Oh, but no, in, in in truth, though, it actually is a really interesting and I think well handled documentary. There's some certainly right at the beginning. There's a lot of sensationalizing. But I do think they kind of slowly ease into giving real context to what happened and really making the clear distinction between what is his abusive behavior versus what is kinky behavior and not mm-hmm. letting that line get blurred, I think, is really good. Um, I, in quite like serious shock, I work with domestic abuse, uh, victims at my job. That's one of my main things that I do with therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a really powerful documentary that I think does illustrate how that kind of thing works, especially the first episode entitled love bomb, um, is really does go into that cycle of abuse and how it kind of devolves really well. So not as much fun as you might have thought it would be, <laughs> um, but certainly an actual good documentary. And oh my god, is it creepy! <laughs> like oh my god, um, John, I think you've seen this too. Yes,
1: yes, I I, I had the pleasure of watching all three episodes over yeah. the weekend, and you're right. It it it's it starts out very sensational, TMZ esque. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to get into the the darker sides mm-hmm. of it. And then the second episode is all about the family. family. Going back to his, his great-great-grandfather. Hmm. And then his grandfather. And then his um, his own father. And it's just, yeah. it, I, I, I think it's probably an episode too long.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: they probably could have done this in a 90 minute. And for a while in the second episode, they, it almost makes you seem like, like, not justify, but almost give an excuse. Like, he lived through this hell, so yeah. obviously he was going to be m- messed up. But that's just not fair to yeah. all the other people who've lived through things that are horrible and don't become horrible people. Right. And the whole charming army out there <laughs> of people who are trying to yeah. redeem him, It it it's not. You can't. No. I mean, it, it, Charmy a- army? Yeah, they yeah. call themselves the charming army.
3: Oh, yeah. And I mean, every, every abuser has that behind them if they're famous, right? Like that, that always, always happens. Um, I do like, I think it is interesting how much this documentary highlights the generational trauma that led to an Mm -hmm. army hammer. But you're right, I don't necessarily think it quite does all the nuance that it does with the abuse of the first episode, I don't think it quite gets into the nuance of cycle breaking and what that would look like right. to change it. I think the closest they get to that in the second episode is the, uh, aunt who wrote the right. kind of tell all book, like her and her mother cycle broke and got out of this and escaped this cycle of abuse. So
1: right. Right. But even that there's questionable about that because of yeah. the, the will. And did she write yeah. the book because she didn't get any money in the will yeah. or because, she actually wanted it out. And, you know, it's just
3: yeah. There's just questions. I mean, yeah,
1: and, and, and there's nothing is ever clean in families. No, and, and especially families like this.
3: <laughs> oh my god, uh, no.
1: But yeah. it, it's it is telling though that you never hear anything about the the brother Army's brother having yeah. issues.
3: Yeah, what's up but, with him? He's not in it at all, which is interesting. Well, yeah. Well,
1: I don't. I think he's still stuck to the dad and the the businesses of the family. Right. So he yeah. didn't want to be a star
3: yeah yeah i think the one thing that i that really stuck out to me about this documentary is how it all of this was uncovered by uh internet people it was a tiktok it was not like a you know reporter it was someone on tiktok and um a couple of women who came forward on instagram that started this story and really pushed it to be going mm-hmm. which is how we get these stories of abuse out because unfortunately yeah. even in a post me too world that we don't get these stories by investigation we get them by women warning other women right um, and then it you know sometimes leaks and the rest of the world hears about it and sometimes nobody cares and i think that was a powerfully done part of it yeah
1: agree yeah. okay.
3: Mm-hmm. much more um, fun
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, oh did you I want mean, to talk about oh, this no, yes
3: go. i just wanted
0: to, to jump in because I, I did watch an episode and a half yeah of it and um i forget what happened but we, we started watching something else or i don't know something something mm-hmm. went on um but what disturbed me beyond the obvious and be, mm-hmm. beyond the the focus of much of the documentary that i watched was kind of the reaction from media mm-hmm. and me being, you know, at Joe blow and doing what I, I do. Like. I was kind of trying to remember my own part in this. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that when all of this was going on, like a lot of this stuff is luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. And it was usually the morning shift that took care of the army hammer stuff. Like, I don't think I had yeah. to write any articles about it, but kind of remembering the oddness of the story and how information was getting around, like until it hit deadline or variety or somewhat like that, mm-hmm. yeah. you it, nobody was sure what they could trust and, and right. report on because, you know, you're guilty or not, you're dealing with someone's life and, and career. And as soon as you start printing this stuff, especially now, like Mm -hmm. that's all it takes. Um, And so there was a lot of confusion about what the story actually was. And it made me, I think one of the reasons we stopped watching it was because I got like really sad that Mm -hmm. this turned into a meme. Like they show in the documentary, that little clip of Pete Davidson on, um, Saturday night live yeah. doing one of his raps and like dropping an army hammer joke.
2: Yeah.
0: And I get it. It's Saturday night live, but also this was a very, very serious and, and disturbing development in this personality in this person that was close to a lot of people and affected a lot of people. and was abusing mentally and physically quite a number of people. Yeah. You know, and and there were several women that explained how they were kind of entranced by him and it does come off very cult-like. You know, he him being the charismatic actor man mm-hmm. that he is and wielding his influence and wielding his power over these people. Mm-hmm. And um to think that it was, you know, reduced to people making cannibal jokes. Yeah. For a large portion of it. And um, I just got really bummed out like <laughs> humanity as a whole. Yeah. there's a lot of like there's a lot of great people out there doing great things, but there's been a lot of shit over the last several years. And this was just another thing that thinking back on how that was handled and how people approached this information, mm-hmm. it got really sad. and I, I just was like I was disappointed in my reaction to it, and yeah. I was like, damn, like I need to. I need to pay more attention and do better and look at like the, the crux of the story and not just get caught up in the sensationalism and the memes.
3: Yeah. And I I think that it is interesting thinking about it in that way. And this kind of era we're having in the kind of true crime, true crime documentary world, um, which is as a genre, there's a lot right now happening online of interrogating how do we do this ethically? Can we do this ethically? Because we certainly haven't been right. We consume it. It becomes a meme. We forget the humanity of it. Uh, it becomes sensational, all of that. And yet do we then like, well, how do we approach it then? It is something that has become a very powerful force, especially women are really drawn to true crime. And there's a lot of psychology as to why a lot of it has to do with feeling in danger and having This information make you feel safer by knowing it, which, you know, we could talk about whether that actually helps or not. But I think documentaries like this do help. It helps you identify abuse and have something to point to. Mm -hmm. But how do we do that without then making it into reality tv you know something we're consuming and judging and making jokes about and you know as someone who genuinely loves true crime especially cult stuff and stuff like the house of hammer i do feel conflicted about it i don't know if i'm consuming it ethically all the time obviously i make a lot of jokes about cults i try not to make them in poor taste but i'm not sure i always succeed at that so it definitely made me think a lot yeah
0: yeah it's um it's a very disturbing situation.
3: Yeah,
0: and um, it's amazing. Like I'll talk a little bit more about it later. But is watching a bunch of movies, and one of the ones that I watched was Top Gun Maverick, and <laughs> yeah. the role of Hangman in that movie. Uh, we did a, a Top Gun junket uh, at work, and very very nice actor. Very like just a cool dude. Like the like off camera, on camera, whatever, whatever. But that role, that character, after watching the House of Hammer that we watched, the portion of it, and then watching Top Gun, all right. I could see was Army Hammer in that yeah. role that would have been that if yeah. he was still active and still doing his stuff, that that was like a role yeah. tailored for him yeah. through and yeah. through. Yeah. Um, oh,
3: yeah.
0: But more on that later.
3: Yeah. And it's hard not to look back at roles like. Call me by your name and be like, "Wow, he he's played a lot of kind of abusive men." Actually, mm-hmm. uh, interestingly enough. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, feel weird yeah. about it.
2: Yeah, I will uh, say there
3: was there was a comic that came out a while ago called The Murder Book that I fully recommend people going back to. It is a comic writer who told uh, told a memoir of what true crime media has meant for her as a woman in this country that is really powerful and I think speaks to that other side of this of why we do consume it and why it maybe isn't entirely a bad thing. I fully recommend going and reading that.
0: What's, what's it called again?
3: The Murder Book comic. Oh. I will okay. find a link to it since its SEO is a little bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. But on a what totally a- different note, Lord of the Rings. On a
0: totally different note. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
3: So we watched Lord of the Rings. Oh my God. Uh, If you don't follow me on Twitter, you might not know that Lord of the Rings is like half my personality. Um, But (laughs) it is. And I have, I've just been... I've been not letting myself get excited about this show. If I'm totally honest, I was scared to get excited about it. So I've just put (laughs) it off, Uh, just put off thinking about it completely until I watched, I literally turned it on. Gladriel starts speaking in the first two minutes. And I immediately had this rush of hot like this pleasant nostalgia feeling of going home and i was so happy and i just stayed happy for the entire two episodes i was like shrieking and giggling just happy to be back Mm. i loved everything about it zero complaints for me i've seen all the complaints people have online i don't care i'm happy (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah
1: i i enjoyed that as well um I've never been a big fan of the Similarian. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I think it's kind yeah. of it reads like a textbook. Yeah. So this actually breathed life into it. I, I thought agree. was was good. The casting's great. I love the Elrond yes. to the dwarves.
3: Oh, my oh, God, yes. I, the, the Speaking meteor, of gay. Yeah, yeah, that was,
1: you jilted me, my friend. And I, had I was, excuse beard. me, I gave oh. you a
3: sapling. Don't you know? I love you. Yeah.
1: There were some gazes there when they, oh, were, when my they God. were swinging those hammers. Oh, um, yes. Yes, <laughs>
3: there was. Yes, there
1: uh, the meteor thing, I'm not, a, I'm not. Not 100% sure about that one. That one took me for a loop, but I'm, I love the, um, yeah. God, I can't think of his name. The wood elf, the him and Bronwyn. Not Oh, Bronwyn, yes. He, but the, the, yes. the
3: and then uh, that kid, that kid is doomed. Oh my that God. Kid they're is good. so doomed. Poor Theo. Yeah. Uh, I did immediately text your Bronwyn, our Bronwyn. Ahmed <laughs> was like, oh my God, Bronwyn. <laughs> There's a Bronwyn. <laughs>
0: It's funny. I, really- I, I did a casting article for that show and pointed out the Ronwin mm-hmm. to her several months ago. And of course, she doesn't remember when no. I do it.
3: No, of course not. I have to do it. Uh, sorry, Steve.
0: Uh, but okay, Jay- I understand. <laughs> I know. I know. I my, love you. I know the hierarchy now.
3: That's right. Love you, Steve. Mm hmm. <laughs> But but truly, I think, for me at least, uh, ensemble shows are really hard to get into. Like I used to love the show Heroes, but I'm not going to lie. I was invested in maybe two plot lines in that show ever, (laughs) Um, which I think is why it died, honestly. There was just a lot of – but this show has somehow made it – where every plot line is equally interesting. I never feel like, get back to the other one. I'm there for all of them, which is, again, hard for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it. um, it's absolutely amazing. It's yeah. the most expensive show ever produced.
3: Yeah.
0: And boy, does it look like it.
3: It's so gorgeous.
0: Yeah. It really is. like, And in, in addition to the settings, and I mean, granted, a lot of that is green screen, but it's so... Mm-hmm seamless and there's Mm -hmm. there you can't see the glow of it you can't Mm -hmm. see the outlines which is a huge thing for like something like umbrella academy season three like some of those rooftop scenes woof um you can really tell that this was like some pandemic ass filming and (laughs) granted you don't
3: go to umbrella academy for good graphics you go for the gaze. (laughs) and people like
0: people make do with what they have as well um but Lord of the Rings Ring the Power oh it just looks so authentic like mm-hmm. it it looks like the movies and you can especially see it when they were in that ice cave mm-hmm. and that troll thing came out oh my god and that was legit like that thing looked yes. incredible that was how i absolutely knew that this show was going to yeah. be going for it it's it's one of the most impressive things visually between that and the sandman are the two the two like big ass epic television series that I've seen lately where I was genuinely really blown away by the production values and the effort put into the costuming and just building out that world and introducing you to a whole bunch of characters like there's definitely at least a few stand-in characters for the ones that you already know from the other stories like Nori mm-hmm. definitely reminds me of Frodo yeah. Um and her friend, I can't remember her name. Poppy. Poppy is is the kind of the samwise of mm-hmm. of the episodes that we've gotten so far. Mm-hmm. But like beyond that, the the characters that they're reintroducing feel really fresh and new. Oh and like you said are involved in some really cool stories.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um I think there's like this the, especially at the first episode, the reestablishing the world was done so well. There's a lot of just I, I can only think of it as like iconography, right There's images of like the tree in in um Arundel and the the uh, image of like the war where it's just a red screen and you see the body suspended and it's like a still frame almost that those things are gonna stick with me when I think about the show. They're, yeah. you, know, they're, you see them when you close your eyes kind of images. And I think it's so gorgeous and well done. Ugh. And can we talk about Gladriel for five to 20 hours? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I love her so much. I – yeah, I – I think Gladriel and Elrond are characters that I've never been particularly drawn to in the original story. And then suddenly I'm here and I'm like, I love them. I would die for them. They can kill me. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, love them I was so
0: surprised much. by yeah. how, how much I warmed to Elrond.
3: I know. He's such a bitch. in the other he <laughs> just is. But in well, this one, he's a bitch <sighs> affectionate. <laughs> Well, he never
1: had any personality in the books. Yeah. And then Hugo Weaving played him so dry yeah. that it was kind of – it took me a moment to be like, oh, wait, that's Elrond. And he's yeah. writing poetry and he's yeah. having like fun and he's got a smile on his face. He has yeah. friends like, what,
3: and a boyfriend. What,
1: what, yeah. Yes. <laughs> a jilted boyfriend.
3: Jilted boyfriend. Like, boyfriend. What's going
1: to happen over the next thousands of years that makes him so right. – I mean, that's the thing is this right. is thousands of years before – yeah, the Lord of the Rings that most people are. I mean, they can tell so many stories here if they want to, and, and yeah. you know, I'm here for it. Yeah,
0: I loved. Um, I guess spoilers for episode two a little bit, but hmm. when Elrond is in the uh, dwarven like citadel or whatever, and they're yeah. riding on the the elevator, and oh Dwarf is like, uh, you know, Durin. giving him. Excuse Durin, you. Durin, Durin the fourth. <laughs> what a oh, Durin sorry Durin, Durin is given Elrond shit about being away for yeah. 20 years and he throws it in his face and he's like you know for you for an elf it's like you're just batting an eye but that was yeah. 20 years for me like I had Ugh. kids I got married you yeah. weren't there
3: Oh my god. You best believe there are already fanfic on AO3, and you best believe some of them are like, <laughs> he didn't forget his wedding. He couldn't stand to go.
0: <laughs> oh boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He had some like, Gimli in the first one. Now you got oh, gosh. Rond and
3: Dern. you gotta yeah. you gotta have your elf dwarf pairing of the series. Yes. It's important.
1: Um <laughs>
0: To to compare two shows for a moment, uh, one one thing I mean the the talk of the town has been you know oh what are you looking forward to more Lord of the Rings or House of Dragons and um, I gave House of Dragons a shot o- over the weekend um, didn't House take of to it the
1: dragon was that
0: <laughs> House of the Dragon is that what it is House of the yeah. Dragon you didn't like it I don't. I hated it. okay. I hated it with every fiber of my being. Um, I I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. but one of the one of the things that I really enjoyed about Lord of the Rings in comparing it to uh, House of the Dragon is how, um, oh my God, Galadriel comes into that show. Yeah. Knowing who she is yeah. and not compromising herself in any way, shape, or form. Mm. And just being a badass all the way through and and deciding on her mission and not yeah. letting anybody stand in her way. Like she's offered, basically offered heaven. Yes. And she she denies it. And yeah. I just, it's such a power move. And I was like, this oh, is it's so good. awesome. Like, this <laughs> is so awesome. And then you have the the lead the female lead of of House of the Dragon so far granted i only made it about 20 minutes into the first episode but wow like the difference between those two characters the thing that house of the dragon did that i was really afraid of it doing and and i told myself i'm not going to watch this if this is what i end up getting there's like somewhere there's a checklist or a bingo card for everything wrong with game of thrones How do we reassure those people in the audience that want that sort of thing that this show is going to have all of that and more within the first 20 minutes, you've got your uh, extreme violence with beheadings and limbs getting cut off castrations that they leave the camera on the bloody stump just to, you know, let you know what it was that got chopped off. Uh, You've got your rape, you've got your misogyny, you've got a bunch of people sitting around a table talking about crap, and I just, I was sitting there watching it, and once we got to the scene of Matt Smith's character just going to town on some random woman with a whole bunch of other slave women being kept in a cell off to the side, I was out. Mm. I was out. I was like, this is... I wanted a show that was going to learn some lessons. You don't have to learn all of them right away, but learn some valuable lessons from the last time and go forward with that, with those things in mind. And the first episode of this show gave me all the things that I feared, one right after the other, after the other. They describe, I don't know her name, but they describe the, the, the female lead as basically like a family owned womb. And that's all she is. And I just, I like threw up in my mouth.
1: But she's going to evolve out of that. Oh, I know. I know.
0: And I know that that's that's how these things go. And that's also my other problem with it is that I feel like I can already see the pattern emerging. And I would rather watch something where Mm -hmm. there is a character to follow who has already arrived and is just going to go farther. As opposed to having to watch the progression. I'm not saying it's a bad story to tell. I don't know that I have the energy or the strength to make that journey with them when there's so many other offensive elements of the show already. For me. That's fair. So. Yeah, I
3: think it's a it's a vibe thing, right? These are two very yeah. different takes on fantasy. I think the the best tweet, I wish I could remember who tweeted this, but I saw was um, these shows coming out at the same time really does remind you that Game of Thrones is like, I am Dagon, eater of daughters. And Lord of the Rings is like, can I come over to my neighbor's house and sing about potatoes? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, I was all in on Game of Thrones for years. I watched that alongside everyone else all the way up through the final season. And even though I ended pretty sourly on it, there were still a a great many years that were really exciting and really fun to kind of gather around the digital water cooler online and, you know, experience that culturally with everyone. But I just – I wanted – I wanted something else, and you know, if if you know, word of mouth comes back that it's it's this amazing thing that isn't to be missed. I can always reevaluate it and revisit it, but it did not make a great first impression for me.
3: I watch. Go ahead.
1: Uh, See, I'm a I'm the Game of Thrones books, like George Martin. Those are some of the things that I loved reading. I did going back to the very first one. I didn't watch the show until it was done, Mm -hmm. Um, because and then even the ending in fury well i'm kind of annoyed because he never i don't think he's ever going to finish it and so no. it's just that kind of annoys me but i i i think i like the house of the dragon because i like i like history i like the the aspect of the dynasty and the brewing civil war and mm-hmm. where it's going so i'm interested in in those kind of just the same as i didn't i didn't enjoy the in reading it but yeah. i enjoyed the 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 historical aspects and i never got into the expanded tales of tolkien's son but i mm-hmm. like that i like the, the the you know seeing how things branch out and who's connected to who and which war <laughs> impacted what yeah. and so but i think i think you're right hbo is going to make a very gory show at, the, at least the beginning to draw in that fan base that that wants that yeah and, and i'm hoping the story, even the second episode, I, I thought was, you know, you're getting more into the actual story of where this is going. And the third episode I haven't watched yet, but mm-hmm. I, you're going to also. You, so I think it's going places. But as you're saying, if you're not into it from the beginning, it's not worth investing your time. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm talking an awful lot about something for someone who only watched it for 20 minutes. And I'm sure that there yeah. are some people listening to this that are like, oh, you didn't even give it a chance. Um, I did, uh, (laughs) didn't like what I saw and, that's That's you know, and like, yeah, like, look, if people from what I've seen online and from what I've heard from a couple of my friends, like, so you included, like, there's some people that are really enjoying it. I think that's fantastic. I just have, I'm not there right now. You know, I need, there, there's, there's lots of other stuff going on in this sphere. Uh, -hmm. and I, I, Value my time a little bit more than that right now.
3: Yeah, don't worry, Steve. I'll I'll give you crap about not giving some a piece of media a chance later on. We're you know, we'll come back.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, should I do my lightning round? Uh huh. Yeah.
3: That was that was uh-huh. a transition for you. <laughs> All
0: right. I uh, I got lots of stuff. I got lots yeah, of do. stuff for everybody. Uh, I'm going to talk really quick about uh, an original graphic novel that I read called Always Never. Um, my apologies for butchering these names. Uh, words and art by Jordi uh with colors by Clement Sapin and Jordi Lofbrey. Not all love stories are made equally. Some take decades to blossom, seeming almost to go in reverse. Such is the case for Zeno, a 60-year-old PhD student and Nomad Bookshop owner, mm. and Anna... A freshly retired, it sounds like a webtoon, a yeah, freshly right? <laughs> retired mayor, mother, and wife. After years of popping in and out of each other's lives, crossing paths, but never quite able to grab hold, their impossible but unshakable love may just have one last chance to flourish before the final curtain. So, what always never is, is it's a 37-year courtship in reverse. Hmm. So Zeno's thesis, his, his dissertation that he's been working on for many, 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 many years is all about how time is a loop and how if you are able to see the pattern and can manipulate time, you can work your way backward. This is applied to the book itself, where it's a 40 chapter book. You start the book at chapter 40 and you work your way backward, 39, 38, and so on. And basically what you're doing is you're seeing this 37 year courtship. Uh, Anna's husband has known about this emotional affair that she's been having with Zeno for years. And he's cool with it. And he's like, he's even inviting Zeno over for dinner because he just appreciates what him and what him and Anna have had. and, um, I think his name is Giuseppe by the way, but, um, he is just happy to have been in Anna's life and to watch her, her journey, uh, as the mayor of their city and all that she's accomplished. Um, he just wants her to be happy and it's this really lovely, healthy relationship and understanding that they have that I've, i it's very unique, uh, to read and, and was very compelling and I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Like I said, the book begins at the end with Zeno and Anna finally getting together. uh, And then it works itself all the way back to when they first met. So because you're reading everything in reverse, you're forever missing pieces that connect um, the moments that you're reading about. But you're always just a chapter behind. So if the city is building something, you're watching it being built in reverse as the characters are aging backward. Um, it's a really, really unique way to present a story, especially a relationship-based story. It is relentlessly charming. The art style is absolutely incredible. Uh, it's got hard Italian vibes to it with a touch of old-school Disney. If you want to think 101 Dalmatians era meets like Chomay's, uh The Triplets of Belleville or The Magician, that's kind mm. of uh, what you're getting with uh, Always, Never – it's really sweet. It'll make you think. And it's just, it's a nice relationship book of mature people in love, connecting every couple of years and basically sustaining and, and, and building on that relationship for all this time until the one day when they can actually be together. Um, And you get to see all the building blocks of that um, in reverse order. So it's a, it's a unique way to, to, go about that journey. I thought, mm. uh, Batman one bad day, the Riddler number one. This is the first of several one bad day of books based on different villains by different creators. This is written by Tom King with art by Mitch Gerads and letters by Clayton Cowles up front. I'm going to say that I enjoyed this. It is harsh. It is disturbing. It is a story about the Riddler basically becoming a threat unlike he's ever been before in that he has been gathering knowledge about the people of Gotham for years and years and years and years and years. And And he basically is commanding people from the shadows to take others out. Meaning that he's now calling the shots because the GCPD are too afraid to even hold him because he knows who their families are. He knows where they are. He knows what their routines are. He can kill them at any time from anywhere. It doesn't matter where he is. Um, And so the Riddler has kind of become untouchable and it's, it's a bit of a journey. It is, it is very tragic and disturbing and not everybody's going to like it, uh, especially when and I was really surprised that this wasn't a news story of sorts or I didn't see people talking about this online. But one of the things that I thought was interesting is there's an aspect to this where Riddler is talking to Jim Gordon and he mentions the night of the killing joke. I'm out. And he he implies <laughs> he implies that he gave Joker the idea to go to the house that Riddler had other plans that night to invade Jim Gordon's home for a different reason and at the last minute decided not to do it Barf. and instead picked up the phone and and called the Joker and basically told him where Jim Gordon lives and to to, to go and do what he will.
3: <laughs> is that how crime works in Gotham? A, hey, I'm not, I, yeah. I'm not taking this street tonight. Do you want
4: it? <laughs> Story we didn't need to revisit ever, but okay. Please move on. It was a, it was like a, it was
0: a thing. Like I sat there and I read it, and I read it twice, and I was like, "What? Like, what is happening right now? Are, are we saying that like Riddler is somehow responsible for the events of that night? Because that's new to me, and that's." Mm-hmm. That's yeah. disturbing. It was, I mean, you it was know, it's
1: brand new. It's new to the story, but was he also messing with Gordon or not? Hmm.
0: I mean, he didn't appear to be. Like his his angle about yeah. it was kind of like, you know, know, look at the Joker's pattern. Like, do you really think that he went through the trouble of finding out where you live to specifically plan all of that out, or did somebody simply suggest it to him? Oh, I know. So yeah. Um, I thought that, that was Interesting slash disturbing. And I have a question for Chris. Hmm. If you were to be given a test or if you were making a test for your, for your students, right. Yeah. Would you think it was ethical to include a riddle as a final (laughs) bonus question that counts toward your overall uh, like number or letter grade? It's part of the 100% for that
3: test well, then it's not a bonus question. Um, so hmm, no, I wouldn't do that. Probably. I've never been that mean. I would totally do it as like extra credit though. Like, yeah.
0: Okay. Because that's what happened with one of Edwards professors.
3: Well, no wonder he's gone evil. I'm on his side now.
0: (laughs) He's definitely part (laughs) of it.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. College making you evil makes a lot of sense to me. Just saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Staying in the Batverse but moving on uh, Detective Comics has a new creative team I read uh, Detective Comics 1062 and 1063 Written by Rom V with art by Raphael Albuquerque Colors by Dave Stewart and letters by Ariana Meyer Um, Bruce is getting old That seems to be a common thread in a lot of the Bat books I have to admit that as many times as I think Chris or John or Aaron has tried to explain to me what happened with Batman, but like, (laughs) I feel like he's supposed to be dead, but there's also all these Batman books happening right now. And all these other stories of him just basically getting older. Uh And this has to do, it has to be a calendar thing, right? Like COVID delays, screw up something.
3: Oh, Mm -hmm. as if Batman's timeline has ever made sense. (laughs) Steve, come on. Steve, he is 10 years older than Dick Grayson. It doesn't make sense, but this is the facts. Oh, boy. (laughs) But now he's getting old somehow.
0: (laughs) In detective comics, Bruce is getting old. He can't fight like he used to, and someone in Gotham is injecting people with a strange poison that gives them supernatural strength and rage issues. Meanwhile, a new crime family has arrived in Gotham, and they're using the power of an ancient black melody to spread nightmares throughout the city. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Like, spooky season is upon us. (laughs) And this has extreme Phantom of the Opera vibes to it. Hmm. Um, artfully and story wise, there's a lot of like Victorian horror going on and like oversized bats and nightmares and, you know, Bruce falling asleep in his chair and dreaming about giant bats that he wakes up with them, like ripping out of his chest and that sort of thing. Um, It's all, it's all dark, but it's dark in a mysterious Mm -hmm. way. And so far it's playing very well for me it, it it feels i feel like i'm watching a batman stage play as opposed to just your garden variety uh batman comic it's it it, it feels like there are uh like curtain strings at either side of uh my ipad when i'm reading yeah. this stuff uh, it's cool. It's good. I I I'm, i wasn't so into it when I read it the first time, but then I went back when two came out, and I read both back to back, and I, I settled into, a li- into it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, Phantom of the Opera Goes Batman. I love it. <laughs> if that sounds in- intriguing to you, give it a go.
3: And it does.
0: Um, <laughs> I won't talk about this one for long because I got a bunch of other stuff. But um, I finished Batman One Dark Knight that you talked about uh, a few episodes ago, John. Yep. With words and art by Jacques and letters by Clem Robbins. Uh, Just an outstanding story. Uh, This is the Black Label one of Batman trying to get EMP, uh, a new villain who basically feeds off of energy and can black out the entire city. Uh, Getting him into a custom built Faraday cage before he can destroy everything. And it just from the moment this starts to when it ends, it, it, it never lets off of the gas. It is constantly going forward. There's a really great villain that's introduced in this. And, um, I dug this a lot and it's as jock. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, particularly the way that he played with light, um, throughout, despite there being a major absence of it, the, the times when light does factor into the story um, is really, really impressive. And um, I just like the places that this went. You know, we go underground eventually where there's a whole bunch of other shenanigans happening. And um, it really pushes Batman to his limit and kind of beyond. And I like stories when it feels like the stakes are really, really, really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are several points in this story where it really does genuinely feel like Batman is not going to win the day and that a lot more people are going to get hurt. Of course that doesn't happen because it's Batman, but getting that rush of, of that feeling I thought was very cool throughout the story. Um, I dug it a lot. Other than that, um, okay. Movie time. Um, let me grab my list here. Oh boy. All right. I'm going to go through these really quick. So as I said, I wasn't really able to read a lot and I couldn't play any video games. So I sat my ass on my couch with my crazy fevers and my COVID and between myself and then sometimes with Bronwyn, we watched a bunch of movies and television shows. I'm going to go through these one by one most of them will be super quick secret headquarters secret headquarters is the family friendly superhero movie with Owen Wilson and Walker Scoville from the Adam project with Ryan Reynolds. If you're looking for a family friendly, fun time secret headquarters is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, You can feel the budget in this movie in that they spend about 80% of it inside of the secret headquarters. But beyond that, there are some genuinely funny, uh, moments. Michael Pena is fantastic. Owen Wilson is charming as ever. And Walker Scoville is obviously going to be an up and coming, uh, kid actor. It'll be interesting to watch him and see where he goes um, so long as he stays on the straight and narrow, he should have a good career ahead of him. And little, uh, little Reese Witherspoon, her daughter is in this as well. So mm-hmm. it was fun to kind of see like the next, next generation Reese Witherspoon mm-hmm. running around, uh, yelling about her social media accounts and mm-hmm. flying with a jetpack. And, so.
3: and by Walker Scoble, I think you mean Percy Jackson, his proper name.
0: Oh, uh, yes, he is going to be Percy Jackson.
3: I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) I love those books. I read all of those
3: books. Me too.
0: It's good stuff. Uh, The Big Lebowski, I watched my comfort movie. Uh, Perhaps not as – there's there's quite a bit of dialogue in that movie that maybe doesn't sit too well uh, anymore, but still just an expertly crafted film one of the coen brothers' best and absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time Jurassic World Dominion
2: <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: not nearly as terrible as everyone had made it out to be that I'd <laughs> seen and I'm only saying this because the first hour of that movie was abysmal it was it was so bad but eventually you get
4: Sam, they and do. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But they like the thing that I enjoyed about it. I go, I went there for dinosaurs and the thing that this movie does more so than the other Jurassic world movies or even the other Jurassic park movies, they took every dinosaur idea that they had left and threw it into this movie where they're like, we're going to create a set piece to introduce this thing and another set piece to introduce that thing. And as far as like buy the ticket, take the ride to see some dinosaur stuff, there was definitely some dinosaur stuff. There was also a lot of interesting um, choices being made about how to handle certain characters in the movie. Somebody at that table was like, How can we take the criticisms of Chris Pratt's Owen to try and make him more likable by just stripping him of his personality and him basically sleepwalking his way through this thing? Because that is pretty much what he did for the majority of that movie, beyond holding his hand up every opportunity possible. (laughs) Every character in this movie does the hand thing at some point. Inclusive the creatures uh, it could, they
4: hadn't been trained to respond to holding your hand up. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it could have been a ridiculous drinking game uh, for how much they that was featured in this. Um, look, I knew, I knew what I was in for because you'd all warned me about it ahead of time. I was sick and wanted to see it for myself anyway. Um, it wasn't great. The only Jurassic the only Jurassic movie that I genuinely love to pieces is the first one. Mm-hmm. All of the other ones are are fine to suspect in my personal opinion. Um, with the Jurassic world trilogy just almost being a total wash, with the exception of like some of the achievements in the uh, the dinosaur effects. There were some practical effects in this movie. Not all of those dinosaurs were CG. I was happy to see that. Um, but that only that only gets you so far. Um
3: You don't like the Abominable Rex?
0: No, that was fine. Like all the all the dinosaur stuff is fine. Um they they brought they really a couple of locusts? them back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, You know what it is? What really bummed me out about it is that I really liked the setup for the movie when it got started, where there was yeah. like after, you know, the disaster that was Jurassic World, a bunch of stuff got out. Now it's in the ecosystem and human beings are having to learn to live with dinosaurs. They are out in the wild. You never know when you're going to run into one. One can show up at the drive-in movie theater and wreck your date night or whatever. Um a pterodactyl could swoop down and just pick you up out of the street. And that's it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really liked that as a concept. And then they put the movie into a pinhole by making it about, uh, this girl and her DNA and this, this, you know, rescue mission thing. Um, and, and a really lame ass villain. Um, and I, I just, you know, like, I don't know. it, Jurassic Jurassic stuff holds a a certain amount of weight in Hollywood, and it's just a shame that this didn't do better and didn't have more teeth. Um, because it's a great premise for a franchise, and they've just not done much with it. Despite it being the you know mega million earner that it is,
4: it just feels hollow a lot of the time. Well, yeah. no Spielberg after the second one, so there's one of your answers. Yeah.
0: Uh, John, did you get to watch some of the Dominion?
1: We made it halfway through, and then my son said, "Can we take a break?" And I was like, "Sure, buddy." Um, and so <laughs> we'll finish it later. But I, I have, I like Laura Dern. I like Sam Neill. I like the return of that crew. I just this movie is just throwing everything against the wall oh. and. It's just not landing. You just
0: reminded me of something. That line, and I know you've seen it by now. That line of Laura Dern telling Sam Neal that yeah. friggin um Jeff Goldblum's Ian Malcolm slid into her DMs. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I wanted to set myself on fire.
1: That was so bad.
0: It was so bad. It was yeah. so cringe. It was so cringe. Um all right, moving on. Day shift.
3: Yes,
0: y'all. Yes, day shift yes. was awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is a Steve movie. This is this is one of those movies that was exactly what I needed it to be at the time. I loved seeing Snoop Dogg. Yeah, just, just drip, just smooth his way through this movie. He was so like, good. <laughs> giving Snoop Dog uh, – you know what? I'm not going to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. He's fantastic in this. Dave Franco is absolutely hilarious in this movie. Right? I really, really enjoyed him. Um, I was totally waiting for that twist. It is much longer than 40 minutes, but – once the twist happens, I was like,
3: yo, what is happening right, right now? It really starts popping off right after that.
0: That movie pops off. Let me tell you, the, that that movie has some genuinely great action sequences. The one in the very beginning is good enough, but the one where they enter the hive with the, with the other hunter team and the four of them are taking that whole yes. house out. The that garlic scene, spitting
3: scene. See, that yes, was the scene we were talking about. <laughs> that
0: scene is fantastic. That was just really fun good. all around. That was that was great. Um, Peter Stormare shows up doing his Peter Stormare thing. I uh, that movie was exactly what I needed it to be at the time. I watched it twice because I liked it so much. Mm. Um, good stuff. Day, Day shift is fun. Um, I watched the bad guys. John, I know you've seen this.
1: Oh, it's great! It's fun. So great animation, yeah. Yeah.
0: So the bad guys, if you don't know, is um, basically Ocean's Eleven with a uh, anthropomorphic animal cast. So led by the big bad wolf, who's kind of like the Dan- the Danny Ocean of the movie, um, with a snake, a tarantula, a uh, disguise wearing shark voiced by craig robinson which is just <laughs> outstanding um all these absolute there's a piranha like all these incredible characters that are part of this um heist team and done by the studio that um or, or people from the studio that did and uh, into the spider verse mm. so instead of combining all of these like Spider-Verse incorporates so many different animation styles. It's almost hard to keep track of them. And that movie, what makes part of that movie so spectacular is how that all comes together to make one cohesive thing. One of the greatest animated films ever made. Definitely one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. Um, This is that team kind of choosing a couple of styles to go with, maybe like two or three But then cranking it up to 11 and really, really, really going to town with humor and creativity and just so much style. That animation studio has style for days, and The Bad Guys is outstanding. If you want just something that is a visual feast with lots of funny characters, great lessons to be learned in the story, um, very clever and I loved the characters. I loved the entire cast of characters. I thought they were great. Um, And I would watch it again in a heartbeat. It is maybe my favorite animated film of the year. Um, wow. Yeah. So far. Um, I don't know how much I've seen. I'd have to make a list. But um, it's absolutely outstanding. Um, and I think maybe a lot of people had slept on it because it didn't get the press that it needed. And it definitely came out during like high COVID times. So if you can get your hands on it, it is available on digital and uh, Blu-ray and all that crap. Um, The bad guys absolutely see it. Watch it with your kids. It's fantastic. Uh, We watched Nope, the new Jordan Peele joint. Didn't get to see it in theaters. Uh, Bought it the minute it came out on digital. I won't say much. Loved it. Jordan Peele is three for three for me. Mm continues to just be an absolute force in the uh horror sci-fi genre wherever wherever he wants to go I will follow. This is this is the kind of movie that I absolutely loved watching watching it all the way through the first time mm-hmm. cannot wait to watch it again to see maybe some of the commentary that I missed and I'm really looking forward to the Blu-ray release hoping that there's some kind of behind the scenes or commentary track or something because i would love to hear him uh talk about this movie extensively in ways that he's talked about some of his other films uh in the past he is just jordan peele is one of the great filmmakers i think uh, up and coming of our time Mm -hmm. um and i just really admire what what he's been doing for the past several years and it makes me want to go and see his twilight zone which i've not seen and i've heard mixed things about but i kind of want to Go and check it out and make my own opinion because I, I grew up on the Twilight Zone and I, I love that stuff, so I'd be curious to see what he was up to. Bob, you uh, watched Nope. Yeah, you a not? Lot.
4: I'm I have to say I'm not three for three, I'm two and a half out of three. I was iffy about us.
2: Mm-hmm. But
4: this really brought a lot of things into play. You get the Hollywood history, you certainly have the racial aspects of all that. You've got two lead characters who aren't the most likable people but you're f- mm-hmm. forced into accepting their position, their situations. And it, it's really, really well done as a piece of drama beyond the sci-fi horror aspects of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love the approach to, to the material and kind of choosing to go animalistic with the threat in this movie. I thought that that was a really smart choice and in a unique way of, uh, of presenting that kind of, of scenario
4: without spoiling, um, tying into an event that happens earlier to Stephen Yoon's character in a way.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the stuff I'm talking about. Like when I, when I watch it again, I really want to pay attention to those aspects. Like I wish Robin was here because we had a, a really great discussion about, um, like what those portions of the movie meant for the overall story. um, so maybe maybe I'll get her on here one day to talk about that at length. Um, moving on, I'm gonna try to get through some of these. We watched The Lighthouse. Anybody else seen this? Mm-mm.
3: This, this is, is Madison is, movie, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is this is Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe just doing a masterclass in acting. My God. This was, um, same, uh, um, his name is this, oh, uh, Robert Eggers, same, uh, director as The Witch and The Northman, uh, Mm -hmm. doing The Lighthouse. And basically what you have is this old salty dog sea tale of two, uh, a lighthouse keeper and his, his, uh, his assistant having to meet and live together in a lighthouse and keep it going. And the lighthouse is it's like touched almost by a Lovecraftian horror of sorts. And it's madness and old, uh, old, you know, like um, sea tales and cryptids and creatures Hmm. and, and creeping madness. And it is just Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe acting their pants off. They have no pants left by the end of this movie. (laughs) It was positively brilliant, Uh, filmed really, really uniquely, all done in this kind of like 1930s uh, black and white aesthetic, Uh, really kind of like cramped and claustrophobic as they're staying in this tiny ass lighthouse and having to live together and getting drunk together and uh, fighting with each other. And and it just goes to some really wild places um but if you wanna like it could be a great stage uh play if they, if they were to build it right but if you wanna see a movie where two very fine actors just go to town and show you how it's done go and watch the lighthouse it is a ride uh orphan first kill yes I made it forty minutes in
3: and you missed the best part of the movie and I
0: gave up I'm up. so
3: disappointed.
0: <laughs> Creepy kid horror. And I know that it's not, she's not a kid in this one. She's aged down technology.
2: I was bored.
3: Steve, I can't oh, believe Christ. you gave Jurassic World Dominion the That's entire right. fucking three hour runtime and you didn't ah. watch the one movie I asked you to watch all the way through. <laughs> That's
0: not true. I watched the black phone.
3: You're right, you did. The second movie I asked you to watch all the way through.
0: <laughs> Orphan First Kill. I based on these, based on the spoilers that you said, I could be convinced to go back to it. If Bronwyn uh-huh. wants to go and see it finished, I will sit down with her and I will watch the remainder of
3: it. Yeah, you give your bad review and then I'll give my good review. Go.
0: Go for No, no. <laughs> I, I look, I don't I can't say much about it. I only watched the first 40 minutes and i just oh. it felt it it felt predictable to me like i just it i felt like I, saw the right <laughs> <line>. the, <laughs> the I the the movie that i the movie that i got up until that point
2: mm-hmm.
0: felt like it was again a checklist movie the writing was on the wall i know where this is going uh-huh. i i don't need okay. to watch the rest of this going to wax
3: poetic f- <laughs> i ahead. think that's intentional do i think they did that part too long Yes, I agree. It could have been shorter, but I think it is intentional. It lulls you into thinking this is a traditional horror movie and it becomes something else entirely so well. I don't want to spoil anything, so it's almost hard to talk about, but I think everybody needs to give this movie a full chance because the end the half of the movie is so brilliant and it changes everything about what you've seen so far. And it is a speaking of masterclass and acting. You missed the best. acting oh, in the movie.
0: I don't know. You want to go comparing or first kill to the lighthouse.
3: I, you did not watch my girl, Julia styles in the second half of that movie. Do not fight me. Steve. I already told you I'd kill for her. We've had this conversation last night. Um, <laughs> Bronwyn and I are a little in love with Julia styles but anyway that aside the twist of this is very brilliant i think it it takes its own genre of this movie it's set up and twists it in such interesting ways. It is not a horror movie per se. It starts a horror movie and it becomes a totally different genre of uh mind fuckery that I enjoy immensely. There is a villain I can't explain that is everything to me. I think if people <laughs> gave Prodigal Son a try because I recommended it on this show, this is very Prodigal Son. You so- know that
0: I watched all of Prodigal Son.
3: I even, know, which is even, why even, you even should have finished it.
0: <laughs> the very disappointing final episode of Prodigal Son.
3: Which, again, was not their fault. That show got canceled. Um, mm. if they didn't know it was going to get canceled. It was supposed to not be the ending anyway. I, I know. It's not their fault. They're great writers with a accidental cliffhanger. But, no, Orphan First Kill deserves... Way better attention than it's getting. Um, All right. You well, uh, go back for, and watch it.
0: For you. I'll do it for you.
3: You better. Because I'm salty about it. <laughs>
0: I'm just saying.
3: You no, know, movie- sh- the forgetting should have been shorter. That whole opening epilogue should have been cut. And they should have started with the scene of her on the swing getting found. I agree. Nobody's disagreeing. The, the
0: disconnect for me was when the mother... I like, didn't realize that it wasn't her own child. Oh my I God, was Steve. like,
3: I can't even explain why you're no, wrong. We can, no, we
0: can't no because we can't talk about it. I know <laughs> I can't
3: explain why you're wrong, but you're wrong.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Let me let me let me get through these other things really really quick. I'm just gonna blow through them. Uh, oh. I watched *Samaritan*, the Sylvester Stallone uh, superhero movie. It's okay. It's like a like a six out of ten kind of thing. Um, the writing's kind of on the wall the entire time you're watching it. But it is kind of one of those turn your brain off and just enjoy a simple superhero story type of thing. Uh, It's not going to set the world on fire, but, you know, you could I've seen worse. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. I finally saw Top Gun Maverick. It was quite good. That is all. (laughs) Um, How's the, how
3: was the mustache? Like it or don't like it? I, I don't
0: have the problem with the mustache that Bronwyn <laughs> has. She makes the worst noises whenever she sees a bad mustache. Between watching Chris Evans in The Gray Man oh, and Miles Miller in Top Gun Maverick, I think it was two mustaches too many within a short period of time <laughs> for her to cope with. That's, um, That's But fair. no, Top Top Gun, for for a movie that I had less than no interest in seeing and then watching it because of you know just reactions from everyone under the sun that had seen it. Um I, I I genuinely enjoyed it. I was it was a good it was a good movie. It was a it was a really interesting way to do a sequel. I kind of hope that they just leave it alone and take the win and go home and don't make another one Um, I don't know that you need another one. I mean, they'll probably want to do it for money's sake, but I thought this was kind of the perfect follow-up to, you know, a movie that I, I really have no affinity for whatsoever. Um, but it was very engaging and it was, it was good all the way through. And I can definitely see why people were genuinely really excited about it. Um, it was very good. Watch the Batman again. I think this was my third time seeing it. Definitely saw a lot more of the cracks uh, in the movie this time around because I was, I had other podcasts about this movie in my head as I was watching it. But nothing that takes too much away from this movie for me that I don't still really love it. Um,
3: you you lo- listen to other Batman podcasts, Steve?
0: I listen to uh, the Waypoint Radio discussion okay. about the Batman. That's, That's not a all. Batman
3: podcast. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> I thought you were cheating on me.
0: <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't dare. I know better. Um, but Batman, good stuff. The Black Phone.
3: Oh Black my Phone. God!
0: Black Phone is very good. Um, yeah. Anybody that wants to go and check out Scott Derrickson, he did uh, the original Doctor Strange and Sinister, mm-hmm. uh, among other things. Uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose and a couple of other films. Uh, I think the Black Phone might be his best movie to date. Mm-hmm. It is a very simple story told exceptionally well. Uh, Great performances by the, um, I'm going to call them the child cast, the young adult cast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every kid that appears in this movie in any kind of major or minor role does an exceptional job. And that is a hard thing to pull off. I am the first person to call kid actors out on just taking away from my my enjoyment of some things right. um, outstanding in this Ethan Hawke is creepy and great and like I said, just a simple story told really really well even the the horror and supernatural elements yeah. in this I thought were executed really really well and very subtle nothing nothing to overpower um, the tension of of the the story and and this. I don't want to say too much about it, but um mm-hmm. creepy and tastefully done
2: yeah.
3: for,
0: for, for as, as, as traumatic and, and grizzly as I assume a lot of the murders are before we get to our, our protagonist and our main kid in this movie. Um, the, the depiction of the kidnappings and so on, I think was really well done. Talk about like, you already know what happened. We don't mm-hmm. need to show it to you. We can allude to it. Mm-hmm. We could show you each time that someone was taken, but you don't need to be there for all the gory details. Right. Um just very well handled. Um yeah. and as much as there was like Chris you'd mentioned a lot of um like kid related trauma
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh throughout the movie, it does a really good job I think of not going overboard. Oh yeah with it um, yeah. for parents that might be watching the movie.
3: Yeah. I think that the point of it, it's not, it's not sensationalized because the point of it is trauma and overcoming trauma. So it's, it's very present, but it isn't like, this isn't saw. It's not there for us to revel in. It's there for us to think about.
2: Right. Right.
0: Um, and the last thing I'll talk about, I'll, I'll pretty much skip the TV stuff is um we watched Spiderhead The, um, Newish movie with, again, Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth and Journey Smollett of uh, very questionable ethical drug um, administration and (laughs) experimentation going on in a penitentiary owned by Chris Hemsworth, who has come up with drugs that almost instantaneously through infusion make you feel certain things, Mm. uh, including fear and pain and joy and getting on the getting your horny on
2: <laughs> and
0: all of those things um, and basically taking a bunch of convicts and putting them in a very experimental prison and having them conduct the experiments on each other with consent that may or may not be going to people to uh, put the checks and balances on what is happening in this place. Um, it was decent. It was decent. Again, another movie that is not going to set the world on fire. But if you want a sci-fi-ish thriller uh, about questionable experiments with people and their emotions, it's pretty good. Um, And that was all the movies that I watched while I've been sick. Um, I wrote a bunch of TV stuff down, but the only one that I really need to mention uh, is The Bear on Hulu. Go and watch The Bear. It is basically uncut gems in a kitchen. Hmm. It's some of the most intense stuff you'll watch on TV. It's exceptionally acted and it stars one of the main players from Shameless. Um, who does? I know. See, I, Wait, I know. who I
3: know. is it Lip? It's Lip, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah.
0: Sorry. He is <laughs> at the entire, the entire cast of the bear is outstanding. Um, it is a very, very intense show, um, but emotional payoffs all day long, and um, I think there are only six episodes of it out right now, but so far, it is it is just incredibly well acted, and uh, I'm really into it. Um, and that's it. I watched more stuff, but I'm going to skip those, because I've been talking for more than enough time. <laughs> Um, Thank you for entertaining me, everybody, as I go through my last two weeks. I appreciate it. Um, There is some music-related stuff, but I'm going to get to that another time. Uh, I just want to know – I want those to know who wrote in about uh, music and possibly doing a music-related podcast uh, that I enjoyed your emails very much and will have some uh, reviews on your recommendations for you uh, on another episode of this here show. I was going to do it this time, but we're running a bit long. Uh All right. Um, I think that's going to do it. We're going to, uh, talk about what books we are looking forward to uh, this week.
4: Um, Bob, what are you picking out? Poison Ivy number four. X Men Moon Girl and She Hulk number six.
1: Okay, John, what is on your grocery list of comics? Uh, Batman one twenty seven, uh, Dark Crisis four, Flashpoint Beyond five, uh, New Champion of Shazam two, Sword of Azrael two, That Texas Blood seventeen, uh, A- Axe Death to Mutants two, uh, Black Panther nine. Captain America, so, uh, Sentinel of Liberty 4, Immortal X-Men 6, Marauders, and Wolverine 24. Damn, look at you with the list. Doing it this
0: week. I see that. Uh, Chris, do you have your eye on anything in particular?
3: Uh, yes, I still have zero cash, so I'm going to be doing webtoons again. <laughs> but I'm going to be catching up on Howling Woods, The Ghost Teller, Hem and Hook, and Bone Terror.
2: Oh.
0: Oh, that reminds me. I read Let's Play. I read the season finale <gasps> of Let's Play, and oh my god!
3: <laughs> ah, yes.
0: <laughs> I have you read this?
3: I've only started because of you, but I have okay. not finished
0: it. Okay. Well, I I shrieked. Ooh. I sh- I there there were some reveals that were major. Um, what is that thing you told me to read, Stag Town?
3: Yes, Stag Town. Okay,
0: I'm, I'm two like I'm two stories. into that isn't it great yeah it's very good it's very very good Um, i'm enjoying that a lot and i just subscribed to three webtoons while we were talking earlier so (laughs) um i've got lots of stuff to go and read but um oh my god everybody read let's play get caught up with let's play it is it is very very good and I i shrieked i i was like what um my books what do i got here uh batman 127 and poison ivy number four i've already picked up she hulk number six golden rage number two once in future 29 prodigy the icarus society number three sweet paprika number 12 that texas blood 17 and twig number
2: five
0: mm. hmm. and bob would you uh have something here that you'd like to share yeah
4: just a quick little thing i just want to send the thoughts of our talking comics family out to friend of the pod kelly sue DeConic, who lost her grandmother at age 98 mm. this past week mm. uh I, it's over on her twitter and i threw it into our little chat she posted some pictures of her grandma and there's one in particular that uh it's got to be from the 1940s and it might as well be kelly sue DeConic in the 1940s She's standing there in this amazing suit with a leopard coat, and she's just sticking her tongue out at whoever's taking the picture. Yeah. I'd say Kelly Sue is definitely her grandma. So, our thoughts to Kelly Sue and her family. Absolutely. Condolences. Oh, boy.
0: Um, I'm trying to think if we've got anything else we've got to share. Uh, Like I said, I think we'll respond to some emails next week. But beyond that, I have to cough. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Mm. I'm going to end this thing because I've been talking for <laughs> it's the most I've said in
2: Aww. like almost
0: three weeks. So I need to uh, I need to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. We have reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com podcast talking comic Books.com. we are also on twitter at talking comics chris do you want to give people the spiel
3: Yeah, Uh, check out Thirsty on Tune. We just posted a new episode where we interviewed Charlie and Hera. It is one of my favorite interviews we've ever done. That is author of Gay Wolf Book, aka Big Bad Wolf series, and her new (laughs) monster fucker mystery series, uh, (laughs) um, Monster Hunt, has just started. You can either read it as a continuation of Big Bad Wolf or you can jump in now. It just came out last week, so you should absolutely get It it's brilliant. Um,
0: Which one is Pack of Lies then?
3: Pack of Lies is the new one. Just came out. You
0: just said it was something else.
3: It's the Monster Hunter Hunter series. Oh. Pack of Lies is the first one. I got the name right this time, Steve.
0: (laughs) I listen. There is Look, there's a lot of gay wolf <laughs> book talk in my house. It is very easy to get confused.
3: It's true. It's true. Yes. Uh, you can also hear us confusing Charlie Adhera at the name of her own series if you listen to that interview. It was a great time.
0: It's a great <laughs> interview. I listened to the whole thing the other day. And uh, I don't know. You, you and Bronwyn have a, have a chemistry with your guests oh. that is just off the charts.
3: Oh, thanks, Steve. It yeah, was it's really a lot of fun. fun. It was really fun. Uh, Yeah. Is it a podcast? Is it an excuse for us to make friends with people? You decide. Um, But you can also check me out over on Gotham Outsider, which for now, at least, we're still talking about DC Comics. Who knows what the future holds? (laughs) Uh, I'm kidding, probably. But um, please go over there and check us out um, and keep your eyes peeled because our FlameCon panel will be going live on Batman Day. So, Whoa. yeah, which is also our second anniversary as a podcast. Yay! <laughs> Aww, congr-
0: <laughs> Congratulations.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Um, other than that, please check out my pen name over on Twitter at Cooper Cal writes. I have been submitting stories to various magazines and short story competitions. So you might see something for me soon. Hopefully fingers crossed. Um, And check me out on uh, at The Myth of Psyche on Twitter to find out about all the other projects I'm doing, including if you want to hire me for comics consulting or book consulting, which I'm still doing a lot of, um, please check me out over there. I think that's everything. (laughs)
0: Lovely. Um, I have one thing to plug that is superhero related. Uh, The latest episode of animation movies revisited has been released. Um, I've posted it to social media, but of course you can go to the Joe Blow originals, um, uh, YouTube channel and their animation channel to find the show. Uh, and this time I am diving into Brad birds, the Incredibles for the latest episode. Love it. Yes. Um, and I've, Chosen today What the next movie is going to be Or the movie after the next one um, We're going to get A little adult for a change mm-hmm. I got the approval And uh, I'll be digging into something Pretty rad uh, in, the, in the coming episode So be on the lookout for that But um, please go and check it out Like the video, share it, do what you gotta do uh, The more people that engage with this thing The more of these I can make And uh Put money in my bank account. I like food. I like to eat. Yeah. All right. Um, John, you got any business?
1: No, I'm good. I feel right. lazy now, but I'm good.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's hard to go after Chris. I don't even know why I ask anymore.
3: Stop. John's All busy right. living a real life. I'm hiding from my responsibilities. Let's be clear. <laughs>
0: Uh Aaron is at Aaron J Amos on Twitter and probably other things too. Joey is at Joey Brichino. uh
4: Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old fashioned email, BobRyyer at talkingcomicbooks.com.
0: John.
1: At John P. Burkle. Uh,
4: and
0: I am at dead underscore Anchorus on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. This is a bit of a long one. We hope that you hung in and enjoyed yourselves. Uh, we will ba- be, bleh, God, we will be back <laughs> next week with another episode of the Talking Comics Podcast. Until then, be excellent to each other and to be continued.